You're listening to The Sideline Story, the platform for all rugby league identities to voice their journey, their sideline story. Daniel Tassoni, and join with me on the panel in the virtual in the virtual studio once again. Sorry, I'm getting distracted by all that noise. I think it's you, Guilty. Uh, my co-hosts. What's the noise? It's, it's you. I know it's you. It's your noise. I'm not doing anything. Okay, okay. Boys, hello again. You're the OG, hello. the triple OGs, the beautiful Nicholas Guild, and the even beautiful ear Ryan Clark. How are you, boys? Good mate, I'm just um cracking open. I'm I'm in um the central tablelands, I think it's called, of um of Dubbo, drinking Ooh. a Devil's Hollow pale ale. It's delicious. It's the, it's the local the local beer down here. Ryan Keith Clark. Always supporting the always supporting the little fella. I like that. Nick, how are you? I'm good. After being accused of making funny sounds. <laughs> Not me. It was you. I'm just gonna say it was you. All these noises right. distracting me. Hey, how'd you get to Dubbo Parky? What's going on? Uh, it's COVID, it's a, mate. Can't just fuck shape off the Dubbo. Shape shifted. Mm. Just, um, yeah, right, okay. just blink, blink my eyes, and I went here. I live in Dubbo. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Where I live. That's uh, that's the the brewery times. Uh, brewery 2.0 is what it is. It. Don't question him, Nick. <laughs> okay. Boys, um, massive episode today. I've, uh, before I start, actually, I've got a fantastic rusty penny beer in my right hand, finally, after all these months of uh, being cucked and not being able to have one. But thank you, thank you, Ryan, for, <laughs> for emailing me one. But um, a massive episode today, lads. Early in the show, we had around the grounds to give a wrap-up of the English Super League Round 22 and Round 23 matches. The latter being a part of the English Super League's Magic Weekend, which was fucking cracker. We'll also give an update on the English Super League's road to the playoffs, as well as the English Championship Division 2 placings, and also delve into the English Super League player movements and rumours. Back across the ditch, we will share the contingency plan for the postponed NRL Women's 2021 season. In the middle of the show, we give our round 25 NRL recap with the last round of the regular season, locking in the top eight spots for finals in a weekend with a mass no-show of NRL stars. Man, boys, I don't know if you remember the first Origin uh, week when I objected, I protested and objected to like delve into those games. Well, this week is similar because I didn't really like, uh, it, it's good, but eh, you know, they didn't, it wasn't really interesting. A lot of dead rubber games, a lot of mass, a lot, a lot of teams with youngsters, you know, you know. I like it. I'm with you. It was, 
It wasn't as joy as enjoyable as what it should have been. Yeah. It's good. Like guilty. I know you like it. It is good for the youngsters, but it's just, you know, you, you, you're amping up for the, for the finals and the running and you, no one's there. And it's like, ah, okay. The chat. We'll just wait till finals. Eh? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. The back end of the show will be our bunker review segment presented by our beer sponsor, Rusty Penny Brewing Company, where this week we discuss a fair amount of topics. Who the best in the air is, the most underrated player in 2021, the most improved player of 2021, if the minor premiership should be held in higher esteem, exploring a bye week prior to finals, and finally, and most importantly, the return of the sideline stories game day previews for week one of the NRL finals. I'm jeed up for that. Before we begin, be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at the handle, the sideline story RL podcast to stay up to date with everything that we do. Also click the link to our website in the bio on Instagram, Facebook, or the timestamp description of our episodes to check out our sponsors, socials pages, or other ways to listen to the podcast on various platforms such as Apple, Spotify, Google, Pocket Casts, you name it, we'll be there. Also, a quick shout out to our sponsors, Rusty Penny Brewing Company, providing us with the fresh taste of Western Sydney with their wide range of lagers and pale ales. And the Aria and Co with $5 from every clothing purchase donated to families suffering from infant and pregnancy loss. You can find both of our sponsors on Instagram and Facebook, or you can head to our website and find them on there as well. But boys, let us start. Let us begin with Around the Grounds, with us, the Cylon Story, the SKs, the OGs, the Triple OGs. That's us. I'm G'd up. Boys, I'm G'd. <laughs> Let me just have a sip of my beer. Is that all right? Mm. Yes. Tasty. <laughs> Tasty. Okay, <laughs> boys, let's start with the English Super League's Round 22 wrap-up. Game one. The Southford Red Devils defeated Guilty's Hull FC 42 to 14. So at halftime, Guilty, Hull were leading 12-8 for the next 20 minutes in the second half. It was a bit of an arm wrestle. Then the final 20 minutes, the floodgates opened and it saw Southford score 30 unanswered points. Four of those tries being scored by ex-NRL winger Ken Seo. It's craziness. Absolute craziness. So Hull FC are now one from their past six games, unfortunately, Nick. They're on the brink of um, falling out of the... They're on the brink. So just depends on how they went in the Magic Weekend, which we will get into soon. Game two, the Wakefield Trinity Wildcats defeated Leeds Rhinos 20-13. to Massive, massive win. This match was clutch. Uh, It went down to the final five minutes of the game. Three field goals between both teams. Um, Wakefield scored a try on the bill as they got up 14 to 13. And it was set up by none other than Andrew Fafita's brother, David, that sealed the deal. So um, in the match, ex-NRL uh, player and current leads forward, Matt Pryor, was sin-bin twice. One was for a spear tackle and the other was for a punch-on. So he was a bit grubby this match. But... That's pretty odd because he wasn't like that when he was in Australia. Nah, the the first one, yeah, nah, he it was all him. He was the instigator for yeah. both. So yeah, right. Yeah, but mate, Wakefield, what they did a month ago, they sacked their head coach and 
as a result, they've won three of their past four games. So they've hit form at the oh. right time, or sorry, at the wrong time, to be fair, because they can't make finals, even though they've, they're killing it. So, um, and conversely, Leeds' three-game winning streak has come to an end. So good on them. But game three, the Wigan Warriors defeat the Castleford Tigers 22-0. So in a stunning turn of events, the Warriors broke their two-and-a-half trialist streak by shutting out the Tigers, ending their four-game win streak, and Wigan putting an end to their own three-game losing streak. So what the what Adrian Land did as the coach, uh, he he moved uh, Zach Hardacre to fullback, Johnny Bateman back to the second uh, to starting second row, and, and Jackson Hastings to starting halfback. And so their attack returned basically with that with that movement. But you know. That should have been how it is the whole time. Yeah, I don't know what he was doing. I, I don't know. Like, Jackson Hastings was moved to fullback. Like, they've lost Bevan French for the year to a hamstring injury, I believe. And they've just been trying him at fullback for some reason. It's just not working. So, now they're back. They're back, boys. But, boys, game four. The Catalans Dragons defeated Lee Centurion 64-0. An absolute annihilation. Um, the Dragons are 16 from 17. Uh, Leah won from 19. Um, there was three players that scored hat-tricks. Second rower, Mike McMeekin on the right three side. Pl- Did you say yeah. three players scored hat-tricks? Yep. Christ. So the right side second rower was Mike McMeekin. Uh, left side winger, Fuad Yaha. And then in the second, that was in the first half. They both scored a hat-trick in the first half. And then in the second half, Sammy Tompkins scored a hat-trick. Crazy. Amy Tompkins. Oh man. 64 nil. This is enough said. Game five, boys. The Huddersfield Giants defeat Hulkington Rovers 40 to 28. So Huddersfield broke their three-game losing streak in a high-scoring affair. Hulkington Rovers are now on a three-game losing streak. And the final game of round 22, St. Helens Saints defeated Clarkie's Wellington Wolves 24 to 14. So Clarkie, the Wolves were leading 14 to 10 at the break. Uh, but they were kept scoreless in the second half. The two tries that St. Helens scored were gutsy, but they were also a lot of luck in them. One was a runaway try, like a shit back pass. The other one was a deflected kick. So, you know, what can you do, eh? Um, but something they shit... Are ahead. They are ahead of us on the table for a reason, though. Yeah, that's true. But something uh, to say for the... Uh, which is bad for the Saints, um, they've lost their second half, starting half, being Johnny Lomax for the next four matches. Um, as I said in a previous episode, his um, offsider is Theo Farge and he's out for the season. So they've got a couple halves problems. But boys, English Super League round 23 magic weekend wrap up. Notice that they call it magic weekend. We call it magic round, you know, just because the NRL wants to be different, even though they sniped England's idea. But anyway, um, the whole weekend played over two days, three games each day. Uh, at Newcastle, St. James Park, uh, 60,000 plus fans went through the turnstiles. Game one, the Castleford Tigers defeat the Southford Red Devils 29 to 18. So last week, oh, sorry, in round 22, they were without Clarkie's uh, 2020 Man of Steel, Paul McShane. And, mate, he returned this game and he was pivotal in their win. Oh, he would have been. Mate, he scored and set up three of their tries. So well, that's why he's the that's why he's the man of steel. That's why he's the oh, best player on the planet. That's right, Clarkie. That's right. 
but they're five from six with him. Sorry, they're five from five with him in the team, five from six um, overall. So Castleford are still in the hunt. Now, boys, game two, the game of the round, the game of the year, the comeback of the year in both the NRL and English Super League. The Catalans Dragons defeated the St. Helens Saints 31 to 30. So, mate, the it was a highly anticipated top of the table clash, which lived up to the hype, unlike the NRL's uh, top of the table clash uh, of the Storm and Panthers, which was just shit. Mate, <laughs> the St. Helens Saints were up 30 to 12. So 18 points, four minutes to go. Dean Fare scores a try, 30 to 18. Uh, Phil Dudson, which is a forward, scores a try, 30 to 24. That was the slowest try. It was, wasn't it? It was. Mate, they just, I don't know what the defense were doing, but he scores a try. And then a Hail Mary bomb to be caught by none other than Sammy Cassiano on the 80th minute after the bell. Um, he catches it in the in goal and just drops and scores a try, making it 30 all. So they scored three tries in four minutes, just to reiterate. And then in the 89th minute, so what they do in the Super League is they just do 10 minutes straight. They don't do five minutes break, five minutes. They just do 10 minutes straight of golden point. And then if there's no winner after 90 minutes, it's it's game, just like here. And in the final minute, James Maloney kicks a 40-meter field goal. And again, the difference, and this is annoying because every NRL, every rule should be the same in rugby league. There's no two-point field goals there. So that's why it's 31 to 30. But he kicked over 40, a field goal over 40 metres. It was absolutely fucking crazy. It was scenes, boys. Scenes. Only just made it too. Yeah. Mate, like you sent through the highlights and I watched the highlights and I knew what the result was. Like I knew it was 31-30 to the Dragons and the whole time I'm watching it going, so St. Helens win this. They, there's no there's no way fathomable that they should have won that game. It was crazy. crazy. Man, I, I've never seen any. I've never seen three tries scored in four minutes, like when it mattered. You know what I mean? Mm. I have. Yeah. Have you? And the Bulldogs beat Power in that final. It wasn't three tries, but uh, oh. that was pretty big too. Mate, yeah. on, on, uh, on, we've, we've talked about James Malone. You know he's retiring in that. Would, 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 it, would, you, would an NRL team give him... A million bucks to come back and play. He's a winner. Oh, he wouldn't millions, come back. Millions a fair bit. It's a lot of he money. I don't think. He, I don't reckon he'd come back. I think he loves like, the, the lifestyle. Back like Canberra. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying. Like, oh, he would be an price. asset. He'd be an asset to teams that need him. Like, look, there is, there is. And he wins. Uh, he does, but there's and there's no plethora of of halfbacks to 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 spoil teams. Like teams are struggling with their starting halves. Man, he'd be a yeah, cracking signing, sure. but yeah, I think he wants to stay there. Well, like, obviously, he signed with Lesignon uh, in the French league, yeah. so I think he loves the lifestyle there. But anyway, boys, um, the Catalans Dragons sealed the league leader shield. So for those that don't know what that is, it's the minor premiership equivalent. Um, and it's the first time in the French club's history that they've done that. So a massive feat. And I'm loving this rejuvenation of rugby league in France. It's, it's, it's awesome. I'm buying a jersey, by the way. Uh-huh. It's on the way. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's on the way. Uh-huh. Oh my uh-huh. We can't. We can't get. We can't get through an episode without a bit of racism. So I'm just going to move on. How's that racist? Oh, it's not. Okay, it's not. All right, sorry. You're right. It's not. 
So game three, boys. Leeds Rhinos. Cheese eating surrender monkeys. What is it? Cheese eating surrender monkeys. Oh my god. <laughs> anyway, game three. Leeds Rhinos defeat Hull FC twenty-five to twenty-four. Guilty. So another match on the same day that went to Golden Point. Unfortunately, Guilty. Hull FC are now one from seven and are currently on a three-game losing streak. They have capitulated. I think, right? I think they were losing before they won the last one as well. They've won one in heaps. They've yeah. won one in heaps. Yeah. Uh, so, look, Leeds, Leeds did really well here. They, they've got an injury toll like the Roosters. So, it's pretty, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Put the nail in the coffin for Hull this one, unfortunately. Yep. Uh, game four, Wakefield Trinity Wildcats defeat Huddersfield Giants 32-18. to 18. So, Wakefield are now on a three-game win streak and a four from five. Fantastic. Fantastic. Game five, Warrington Wolves defeat Wigan Warriors 10-6, to Clarkie. 10-6. Bounce back. Quick bounce back. All three tries in this match were in the first half. Then the second half was all defense. Pretty, pretty crazy. Good game to watch. And, boys, the last match of Magic Weekend, Hull Kingston Rovers defeat Lee Centurions 44-6. to So, Hull Kingston Rovers broke their three-game losing streak by defeating the obviously last-placed Lee Centurions, who are now one from 20. Unbelievable. Yeah, Unbelievable. So, boys, just a quick update on the road to the English Super League playoffs. Uh, there's two rounds uh, remaining. So, the likelihood of the 16 postponed matches being abandoned is high. They're not even talking about it. They're talking like there's two, two rounds left. So, the Catalans Dragons, as we spoke about, have claimed first place and the League Leader Shield. They will have a rest in week one of the finals. St. Helens Saints still look like they will lock in second place and also a week off in finals week one, unless they lose their next two matches and the third placed Warrington Wolves win both of theirs. So if that happens, um, they swap, but it's looking like Saints second, Wolves third. The Wolves will not drop any lower, even if they lose both matches, by the way. So they will come third at the lowest. The final three spots of the playoffs for fourth, fifth and sixth are now between four clubs. Those being Wigan Warriors, Leeds Rhinos, Castleford Tigers, and Hull Kingston Rovers. The eighth-placed Hull FC have dropped out of the race, joining Wakefield, Huddersfield, Southford, and the soon-to-be-relegated Leeds Centurions. Sorry, Guilty. They're gone. No. You, are you okay? Yeah, I'm just wiping a tear from my eye. Oh. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Boys, um... <laughs> Some quick updates for the English Championship. So that's being that being Division Two. Toulouse Olympic are now 13 from 13 and are still undefeated in the championship. Featherston Rovers remain in second position with their single defeat at the hands of Toulouse. So for those unaware, Toulouse have been unable to play any home matches in France this year. But some fantastic news for the club. Their chairman has confirmed that their semi-final will be a home match. And if they win this match, then the grand final will also be held in France. So just like the English Super League, the championship shares the top six finals format with the winner being promoted to replace Lee Centurions in 2022. How good's that? Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you, Ryan. Nick, what do you think? Yeah, that's, uh, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> me. <laughs> to be fair, me and... To be fair, me and Gildy have been distracted. I don't know whether you have seen Dan, but oh, um, I've Paul seen. Green, don't you worry. Paul Green 
and the Queensland Rugby League have parted ways. Really? Yeah. Is that right? Madge should be yeah. worried. Yeah. I am. Um, but, um, there you go. Yeah, I think the drums are beating for poor old Madge. Mm. Mate, yeah, he's gone. That's the. Mate, he's who's escaped. to say that Paul Green's definitely getting the job though? Well, him parting ways with Queensland would probably suggest that, but we'll. Um, I'm sure we'll discuss it when we talk about that game because yeah. I've got. A, I've got a yeah. bit of insight in from the fans' perspective, anyway. Beauty. <clears throat> Boys, we'll move on to the English Super League signing news and rumours. So, Wigan head coach Adrian Lamb will be quitting at season's end. Maybe that's where uh, Paul Green will be going, Clarky. We don't know. Um, mm. But he was there for three years. He got them to the grand final last year. This year, they're not looking to flash, but we'll see what happens in finals. Different game. But um, Paul Green or Maguire. Well, Maguire came from Wigan, didn't he? Or was it St. Helens? No, Maguire came from... Uh... I think it was Wigan. Yeah, it was Wigan. It was Wigan. Yeah, it was. Yeah, won a a grand final with him. Yep, it was Wigan. So Maguire's going back to Wigan, Paul Green to... to, um, You declare it, are you? Yep, yep. Paul Green to uh, Tigers and Adrian Lamb to Queensland. We've uh, settled it. It's all done. I think think, uh, Wayne Wayne Bennett might be doing Queensland, mate. What is it? Wayne Bennett might be coaching Queensland, I'd say. Mm. Ah, the stopgap. The stopgap while he's recruiting for the... As he's coaching Queensland, he is recruiting, isn't he? Yes. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Boys, Johnny Bateman has that's taken... That's, 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 the end of the, um, that's the end of the podcast. We've just solved all dramas. Oh, okay. We'll <laughs> see you later, eh? No, <laughs> always, a, always a pleasure, never a chore. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to the new podcast, Guilty's Podcast. The Nick Party. Show. <laughs> With the new logo, Nick's head. <laughs> anyway, Dickheads, let me move on to John Bateman. Can we talk about John Bateman again? No, yeah. no, we get... can't talk about John Bateman. Well, I'm doing yeah, it. Why are we talking about John Bateman? <laughs> well, I'm talking about I don't know if he's coming back to Australia. Go. He's moving to the beach. He's not, yeah. by the way. He's taken to What's Twitter and he's not coming back. 27-year-old has recommitted, Has sorry, has committed to his four-year Wigan deal. Yeah, right. I'm pretty sure he did that. I'm pretty sure he said that at the Raiders, but anyway. He even said yeah. that his girlfriend, not his wife, like reports suggested, his girlfriend is happy in England and she's going to get a job soon. That's what he said. Yeah, right, okay. Yeah, you like her, don't you, you Nick? <laughs> uh, I think any, any bloke does, to be honest. Uh, you're just, that's disgusting. That's disgusting. Anyway, next one. Reese Martin from Leeds has recommitted to the club for 2022 after rumours that he would be leaving. He is not leaving, boys. And finally, the biggest signing over the past week, 28-year-old Manly Sea Eagles forward Curtis Sirenen will make the move across the ditch after signing a two-year deal with St. Helens Saints. His signing was made to replace retiring ex-NRL forward Joel Thompson. So Good, good swap. It is a good swap, but despite the fact he tore his peck and he's been out for basically this whole year, um, it's a good signing. Oh, yeah. Boys, before we get into the NRL round 20 recap, we're going to talk about the NRL Women's Premiership. So the obvious outcome that the 2021 competition would be unable to go ahead this season has been confirmed. Initially, it was delayed to a standalone time slot in October, but obviously the COVID situation got worse in New South Wales and it became a logistical nightmare of being unable to relocate part-time players to COVID bubbles. 
70% of um, the NRLW players are committed to relocating. Uh, the drama is, is that 30% didn't. And the NRL said, well, look, that's, you know, a team or two that can't make it. Therefore we can't, we can't do it. So what they've, what they've suggested and what will be announced soon is a new calendar and a postponement rather than a cancellation of the 2021 tournament. So the schedule for the NRL women's game in 2022 is massive. So February and March, they're going to move the 2021 NRLW comp to those months. And then the all-stars will be played as well in those months. Then in June, they're going to have the women's state of origin with the potential of making it a two or three game series in August during NRL finals. They're going to have the 2022 NRLW season kickoff, meaning two seasons in one year. And then in November yep. will be the Rugby League Women's World Cup to be held in England, which was obviously postponed from this year. A big oh, calendar. That sounds, that sounds like uh, great, uh, great moves for the women's game. So uh, what's the issue? Why is there so much of a stink? So the stink the is NRL that... promoting promoting them, like it sounds like really, really promoting them. Mm. And um, obviously some of them are disappointed about not being able to go up and play this year. Yeah, but if 30% understandable. don't want to play, if 30% yep. don't want to play, what, what are you going to do? Unfortunately, that's, that's, that's right. Unfortunately, that's the situation. And I think the biggest issue is that a lot of the women were the communication between the NRL and the women apparently was, you know, haphazard. It's like, Oh, by the way, it's canceled. Like there you go. And they felt like they didn't have enough time to, you know, reorganize their lives. Like a lot of them had to quit their jobs and, um, or, or put leave in for their jobs. Some people are stuck in Australia from New Zealand, some of the women. So there's a couple of issues yeah. for, for some players, uh, which are understandable, but, um, Unfortunately, COVID is the is the biggest drama. It's not as if the NRL is like, yeah, no, nah, we're not going to put money into this game. So well, I think well, I think it's a bit unfair. That, uh, that's not what that one. Um, Katie Brown, sports analyst. What's her name? Katie Brown. Katie Brown. She was pretty interesting and vocal and blaming all men for the woes of all women. Mate, I I I think it's a bit unfair that that she's saying that she's saying the NRL aren't promoting the women's game it's not fair like covid's a massive issue they've, they've they've then said oh well then you've you've gotten all the wags um for the nrl players you know you got them to go up to queensland but that's not the issue yeah. i think the biggest issue here is that you can't have 30 percent of the women players saying i can't go because then you're gonna dilute the product and then that ruins the yeah. expansion plans of six clubs if you had four clubs and you that you know if they said fine 70 percent can go play but it's going to be four clubs then you just ruining the integrity of the comp. So you can't have it both ways, unfortunately. It's an unfortunate situation. I understand their plight and their frustrations, but COVID is COVID and everyone's been affected by it. Yeah, I, I feel sorry for the ones that want to go. And and yeah, it's, it's shit that, you know, and maybe, maybe, I don't know what's in the NRL coffers. Maybe the NRL should help them out a little bit with regard to those people who need. Yeah. Or there should be some sort of committee made up to work out who needs help and who doesn't. But yeah. that Katie Brown carrying on like a drongo, yeah. that doesn't help anyone. No. Let's be fair. It's all about revenue generation. Yeah. And they don't they wouldn't generate enough revenue for the NRL to relocate into a bubble. Like that bubble is costing the NRL like absurd amount of money. Thirteen million. But a week. it's obviously it's outweighed by the fact that they're 
still getting their TV rights deal. The TV rights deal for the women's game isn't as high as the men's game. Maybe, maybe Katie Brown's got the answers, mate. We should ask her. She can, to, I can to kind of... Like, negative stuff. Mate, yeah. but you, can, you, you know what? You can't just whinge and moan. Come up with a, a plan that would work. She didn't yeah, do that. I, I can kind of... I can kind of see where she's coming from because the NRL, this is what the NRL would have done, like Feddingham. They would have gone, let's put it to let's ask the let's ask the women what they want to do and fuck it. Let's hope. Let's hope that they that heat like 60 or 70% say they don't want to relocate. And then they can just be like, oh, okay, cool. So we the players don't want to do it, so we won't do it. But then they've got 70% back, mm. and it's like, oh well, fuck. 70% want to. Oh, that's not enough. And it's like, well, what number would have been enough? Would eighty percent have been enough? Ninety-five. Would ninety percent have been enough? Or did they want a hundred percent? You're not going to get hundred percent anyway. Not 90, 90 to ninety-five is reasonable. Mate, look, it, yeah, but the, the track just, record. Yeah, Sorry, I, but, yeah, no, they've just done that as a they've hoped that they were going to get such a low number that they could put the blame back on to the women. But yeah. at the end of the day, it's going to cost them too much money. So what what's so quirky though? That's, what, like, it come, that's if, what it comes down to. That's what we're saying though. Is if just say they'd got 100%, do you reckon the NRL still would have found a way to weasel their way out of doing anything? 100%. 100%. I don't know if they could have. have. No, they would have come up with some, ex- they would have come up with some excuse like it's too dangerous because of COVID like they did with the World Cup. Yep. They've got a track record. The World Cup was, and the look. Yeah, the biggest issue, know. the biggest I'll issue for that. the women here, the biggest issue is communication from the NRL. The NRL have come out and said, "No, we communicated." The women have said, "No, they didn't." Who do you believe? It, the, the the truth lies in the middle. The problem is, is yeah. that the track record for the NRL this year alone is pretty bad. The the World Cup, they just said on the day before to to the other nations, "Yeah, no, we're not coming." And then you look at the 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 Simbin crackdown. They went, oh, we're doing a Simbin crackdown. And it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, it's but like, look, okay. look, man. Each each club, each women's club. Yeah, I mean, look, the NRL aren't talking directly to the players. There's a there's an intermediary that obviously that, that didn't work. So who's that? It's the you know RLPA. I mean? It's It'll be the RLPA. Saying, oh, the NRL didn't do anything. What were the intermediaries asking questions? Well, I think we the RLPA. Know. I think the RLPA is a big. A, they're they're a massive factor in these conversations. Well, man, they, they don't have a great track record themselves. <laughs> they don't. They're like all. They're like all yeah. fucking unions. Yeah, you've said that before, Clarky. Fucking useless. But look, overall, it's disappointing. But it comes down to COVID. It's not coming. I, I just don't think it's fair that people are saying it's the NRL not putting in uh, enough uh, rev, uh, resources into the women's game. I don't think that's fair to say. Um, well, and- wasn't, I don't think it's even. She, she didn't say that. Dan. This is what she said. She said that men get more advantages than women. End of story. That that was the that was the the um the dialogue she was using. It's not well, fair. Look- men get all the advantages. They're not looking after the women. It's not fair. Anyway, because it generates more money. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, we'll move it on, boys, to the sideline stories round twenty-five NRL recap. Now the winner. With a commanding four-point lead in uh, the sideline stories tipping comp is your boy, me. It's me. It's me, everyone. I won. How'd you go? How'd you go in Supercoach Grand Final? Oh well, I had four players out, and Mitchie Davis had a a full contingent of players, and he had subs. Therefore, so you, I got pumped. Ah, because of the penalties. 
the penalties? <laughs> Wait, uh, is it the penalties? Is your penalties? Mate, I, I spoke to him and he actually said uh, at the start, he goes, he saw that he had a lot of players out and he goes, I think I'm good. But Brian Toho's made it made it more interesting. Yeah, because Brian Toho six, kept you in there for a little bit. But yeah. other than that, yeah. Uh, yeah, look, Mitchie, Mitchie Davis got 1557. I got 1203. Like I said, regardless yeah. of the result, boys, um, I won uh, the championship of Super Coach in tipping and uh, Super Coach. So I'm the champion of the sideline story, is what I meant to say. Champion of the sideline story hosts. Well done, mate. Thank you're, you, guys. You're, you're, you came first out of three in the tipping. Thank and you. And you lost the grand final. <laughs> well done, mate. Hey, hey, call, call me the call me the Parramatta Eels of two thousand one, Nick, if you want. <laughs> oh, <laughs> fair, I can't just, do that one because uh, you came seventh, and the Parramatta Eels of two thousand one broke every record, mate. Anyway, oh, okay. so you can call me the Bulldogs of twenty fourteen then, because they came seventh. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, maybe. They lost against this shit side that apparently they they versed. It was this Rabbitohs team that versus blue and white team. I remember the lead up into the grand final. You you, you wouldn't know who they versed because the Rabbitohs win the grand final. Did you remember that, Clarky? Bits and pieces. I remember. <laughs> yeah, good chat. Anyway, boys, before we start, just wanted to say that due to the mass amount of rested players in the NRL's final regular season round, for the listeners, our recap is going to be a bit more streamlined this week with a larger focus on previewing week one of the final series. Also in the postseason, we will have an episode dedicated to reviewing each NRL club's 2021 season and a look ahead towards 20, uh, 2022. So don't worry, we will have everything comprehensively covered. But lads, round 25, game one. The Sydney Roosters defeat the Canberra Raiders 40 to 16. So this unsurprising bounce back of fortune for the Roosters after all the drama in round 24 lay the Raiders finals hopes to rest as the Chooks put on a clinic. Guilty. What do you think of that? Um, mate, I thought that, uh, thank God for the Roosters, that Trent Robertson had a blow up the week before because they got every single penalty, yep. unfairly or not. Uh, that Icavalo high shot, where um, uh, clock stats trying to stop the try was bullshit. Uh, penalty try in the no, end. Why was it a penalty try? try? Yeah. Eight point try, yeah. Ridiculous. That was bullshit. Um, bullshit. Mate, multiple multiple good players. Uh, unfortunately for Canberra, uh, the winger uh, Semi Velamai had the worst yeah. game. Well, probably the second worst game in the round. There's another yep. player who played pretty bad too. Uh, yeah. Well, if he's not, if he wasn't the worst, he was. He was right up there. Yeah. Mm. Um, I mean, the first, the first fifteen minutes, or first probably thirty minutes, was um, super competitive. Like Josh Papali and Joseph Tarpany were, they were huge, yeah, and then yeah. it, it fell apart when they got taken off. Like yeah, the career, just the career. Their um, so Canberra's season come crashing down when those two got taken off. Mate, you need to, you need a little bit of luck, and there was that uh, drop ball by Lock and Lamb. You know they're running across, and it's just you know, Roosters just seem to get the rub of the green on these games. Yeah. You know, Mate, the Elliot Elliot Whitehead knock on where they've challenged it, and then they're like, "No, nah, it wasn't a strip." I oh, know. Yeah. It's like, no, nah, yeah. it was. Yeah. I'll, t- I'll tell you, Roosters Roosters supporters won't agree with you is that they get the rub of the green. They're going to cry bloody murder yeah. when they hear that. Well, they do. They do. I'm sure we'll 
we'll talk about it in the postseason podcast. But um, Canberra, the now that they've they haven't made the eight, they're the most disappointing team. Yep. Of the year, yeah, yeah. I had a top four, I think. Yeah. I think I had, I had them, yeah, I, fifth or something. Yeah, they're the most disappointing. Number of reasons, obviously, you lose your first choice halfback, but you look at the Roosters, mate. They've lost a lot of players, and they're they're still able to chuck ahead. And hmm. yeah, Raiders just they were legless all season. I'm surprised. I, I I declared them done weeks ago. I'm surprised they were able to actually make a charge towards the final. Mate, I, I think that they they came back, and then uh, Ricky rolled the dice a little bit. Like I know Clockstat was ready to play, but I would have kept Rapana at fullback. Yeah. Well, because, I declared it last week. Good, mate. Yeah, I declared it last week that he was going to win the Malmaninga medal and he won it for the first time in his career. Mm. Yeah. Well, it's um it's interesting because um uh, to the Roosters, they've gotten a lot of their uh, injured players back now. Obviously still missing some key ones in Lindsay Collins and Luke Keary and uh, Nat Butch is still out. But Josh Morris made a return, and um, in the same week he made his return, he announced his retirement. So, mate, him and Brett Morris are now retiring at season's end. So, obviously, he'd want to come out with the premiership. He hasn't got one yet, Josh Morris. Yeah, well. Um, but um, good luck to him. Uh, it's awesome. But, boys, I just wanted to point out, um, I don't like saying I told you so. I've never liked it. But I told you Titans would, uh, would win their match and uh, overtake the Raiders and... Subsequently, the Sharks. So I was right. When we say I told you so, Dan, I told you so. Told you. I think maybe the Titans have a chance. I've got Mm. a funny feeling about the Titans. That's not I told you so, Mm. bro. Told you. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, boys, we'll um we'll move it on. This game, uh, the uh, we'll we'll speak about the Roosters. They've obviously uh qualified for the top four. Uh, sorry for the top eight. Uh, and the Raiders are gone. So, guilty, three, two, ones for that game. Yeah. Um, well, we spoke just quickly. I mean, players at Aria have stepped up. So, uh, Hutchinson was a big, we've talked about it before. Hutchinson was a big deal at St. George, uh, had a major injury on a contract year, and he's come back. And, mate, he, he'd be hard pressed to be moved next year when Kiri comes back. Uh, I know they've got Walker, but Hutchinson's been playing really good, and he's more of a game manager. Really good kicking game. He gets three. Uh, Adam, Kier- Adam Kieran, he uh, scored a hat-trick. He gets two, and he's, his goal-kicking is, is really good. And uh, Tokiaho, who's pretty big in the middle, he gets one. Boys, game two, the Melbourne Storm defeat the Cronulla Sharks 28-16. to So, lads, this loss for the Sharkies spelt the end of their top eight hopes. Uh, again, I told you so. Uh, and with the Storm also claiming... Uh, Victory here. They also claim the minor premiership trophy or the league leader shield if you're English. So, yeah, bit of a yeah, bit disappointing for the Sharkies fans. Um, to be fair, I'd, unfortunately for them, I don't think they deserve to make the eight over uh, the Gold Coast Titans. Um, but regardless, you know they lost their their coach. We will speak about it in our postseason review. But they lost their coach, and I think Josh Hannay did a good job with them considering. Yeah, I, mate, I, uh, I know you're, you're going to talk about the, the coach, but Morris took them to finals multiple seasons, didn't he? Well, I get, and they've done worse without yeah. him. So yeah, yeah. someone's made an error there. Um, I thought that uh, with regards to them this year, like obviously we're going to get through it, but the two players that, that played well in the game and they've unearthed and are going to be you know, contributors for, the, for a little while was the halfback. Hmm. Um, what's his name? Braden Trindle. 
Trindle and also the the fullback Kennedy. They, they, I mean, they both played well. Um, the, the only other real point to this game, I mean, obviously Pappenhausen played well. A lot of the uh, media outlets are saying, oh, Pappenhausen's back, Pappenhausen's back. I don't know if he's back. He just played well against Cronulla, who aren't really, you know, world beaters, I don't think. Well, mate, it, wasn't, um, it wasn't a pumping either. It was only a 12-point win. So Yeah. Um, uh, look, he was around the ball a lot, but I think it just seems to me still a little bit gun-shy. Um, the only other point I've got to make in this match is they... Melbourne used a player called Atkinson. He's a 5'8". Yep. And he came in and he played in the middle. At one point, he was locking into the scrum at prop. So the thing, the interesting thing about this fella is that he's only played two prior games for East Tigers. That's how high they rate him. Two. Yeah, wow. Yeah. So Why has he only played two games? Is he... He's made his NRL debut and he's only ever played two games for the, for, I guess, reserve grade in Queensland. Wow. So what's he been doing? been injured? Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not 100% sure. I think they've just brought him up. He's just a young kid coming through. Okay. Because he's 20. He's not... It's like he's 14. Yeah, this, this, yeah this, is what, this, is what, this is what they've said. Yeah. Yeah, yeah fair okay. enough. Yeah, look, boys... Um, I guess if, um, I guess if uh, Munster's, Munster's looking at going or, or, you know, creating a little bit of waves with regards to that, you know, who knows? Yeah, mate. Something to think about. But, look... They didn't have Munster on that note. Um, that's obviously why he had to go. Um, but to be expected, uh, the Melbourne Storm uh, claimed the minor premiership. We will speak about the accolade or the prestige of that award in our bunker review today. Uh, I've got a couple we're of discuss, um, We're going to discuss how weird it was at the end of the game. Oh, you know what? Yeah, go. Go to, talk to us. It was just so Penrith had to win by 160 points yeah. for them to leapfrog Melbourne. And Melbourne tried to play this game of like, oh, no, we're, we're being respectful to Penrith. We'll wait till the end of the game. But then got the trophy before the end of the game. It's like, <laughs> what? It made no sense. Because I'm like, oh, Melbourne are going to get the trophy. And then the media was like, oh, no, Melbourne out of respect for Penrith because they can still get it. I'm like... 160 no. points. I even asked my father-in-law, who's a diehard Panthers fan. I'm like, you reckon just give the trophy to Melbourne now? And he's like, yeah. Give the- it's 160 it's not- points. Oh, my God. It was it's- weird. I know it's a record-breaking year, but far out. <laughs> like, Honestly, you're, not score- you're-, you're not winning by 160 points. Yeah, 100%. But, but in the end, who cares? It's 100 grand. That's, That's- all it is. That's all the club oh, gets. Man. I know. I've got issues with it, Guilty. We will speak about it. Yeah. But let's move it on. Three, two, ones for this one. Okay, three, two, ones. We have Pappenhausen three, Harry Grant two, and Jerome Hughes set up everything. He got one. Beauty. Boys, game three. The Penrith Panthers defeat the Parramatta Eels 40 to six. So the Panthers' win rate of 35 out of 37 with Nathan Cleary in the side is a hard stat to argue, even if it's, even if it is against a second-grade Eels team, Guilty. Mate, uh, couldn't, couldn't care less about the scoring news. I mean... Nah. It was 12-6 at half time, which which that's not a good thing for, for Penrith. Mm-hmm. I know they come out and uh, boots them in the second half, but in the uh, the media were claiming a Cleary masterclass wow. against reserve grade team. I didn't really see that when I watched the game. Um, I thought he played well, but you know they should have. But I, my opinion, they should have won by a lot more than a lot more than that. Mm-hmm. There have been other full strength teams that uh, the Penrith have. That uh, Penrith have beat by more than forty points. 
Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. mate. Look, it, I wouldn't. You, I wouldn't take anything out of that either. I'm with you. Yeah. You you hate Nathan Cleary, so to put some actually unbiased perspective in, I didn't think it was a. It definitely wasn't a masterclass. So I'm going to actually support you there, Gilly. But I thought there was like a lot to take out of the, and I wouldn't even say the first half because that, that I don't think that scoreline reflects how how well Parramatta played. Like the um, these were I wouldn't you probably weren't ever in the game, but you held in there for a lot longer than the first half. Hey, we'll talk about offense, him later. Off, offensively, we had nothing. The 12 yeah. 6 was because we uh, we just kept putting the ball in the in goal, and there was just uh, continuous re, re, re sets of six. That's yeah. what we got yeah. lucky in the first half. And that's just what happened. You know, Opacek got a, a try for kick. 12 6, though, I'd be unhappy if I was Penrith, if that's yeah, all I was but, winning by. You know? But in saying that, like, I'm, I'm just going to regurgitate what one of the commentators was saying. But um, Penrith went out there and just stuck to the game plan as if the game plan was against a full strength Melbourne team. Yeah, like they could they they could have come out and just tried to play razzle dazzle and probably put 60 on, but they just stuck to the game plan. They never strayed from it even till like last couple of minutes. They just kept kicking to the corners as if they were playing finals footy, which was I think will put them in good stead come finals. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's a that's a fair point. That was on Fox. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> um, mate, I thought that uh, that uh, one good thing for um, one thing about the game that I noticed is that, like, you know, I, I always talk about watching when these sort of games. I like watching the players that don't get much of a go. So uh, this year, that twenty-eight-year-old Makatoa, I thought yep. he, played, he he ran for one hundred and seventy meters. Like, you can't tell me there's not an NRL side that doesn't need him. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, he He's was, going over to England next year. He was huge. Right? So there's him um, and uh, jo- Joey Lussie. Mate, there's, you can't, he's going over to England next year. Well. You can't tell me that the Titans couldn't do with a, a hooker of his standard. Do you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't make any sense. But boys, look, not much more to talk about in this one. Obviously, it's just a run-of-the-mill play reserve grade team before finals game. So, guilty. Three, two, ones for this one. Yeah, Brian Toll, a massive game. Just kept taking the ball up, made made a million. He, he got a hat-trick, first hat-trick, I think. First um, hat-trick in his career. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah. Yep. Um, but still made, you know, 270 metres or whatever it was. Abby Corrissau just controlled, controlled the game. I think that that's what you were talking about before, Clarky. They just stuck to the game plan. But Ray Stone, 52 tackles or whatever it was, and butchered a lot of the big Penrith players. Mm-hmm. He's pretty proud of him. So yeah. that's good. It wasn't just his... It wasn't just his numbers either. Like, if you uh, told me he, he only made thirty tackles, I'd be like, "No, nah, he still deserves a point." He was he was awesome. Yeah, I was pretty happy with him. Uh, three, yeah, that's the three, two, ones. Boys, game four: the Brisbane Broncos defeat the Newcastle Knights thirty-five to twenty-two. Very odd scoreline. But uh, New, uh, Newcastle's five-game win streak came to a halt as the Broncos claimed a well-deserved victory to end their season. Newcastle couldn't move from seventh spot, so this was a whatever game to them, I feel. Um, yeah, there's not much to say here. Like Newcastle just you know, had the spoils to rest some players, and they did it. So that's it. Yeah, but they didn't rest, yeah, but... they didn't rest the spine. Yeah. Well, they did the hooker, but they didn't... other than him... Side Mitchell Pierce, Jake Clifford, and Kalen Ponga. Mm. Mate, they should not. That's that's yeah, danger signs going into the finals with that kind of performance. Mate, uh, 
I thought uh, we were discussing it on the group chat, uh, but uh, the try that I thought was a bit iffy, the start of the game, that uh, Coates knockback was definitely a knock on to score the first try. Guilty, the worst one was Tessie Newey's. That was a try, and they disallowed it, And but they let Tom Trebrovich's against the Bulldogs um, yeah. uh, be, be called a try. Like, they got le- robbed a legitimate try as well, so that's that's yeah. they made up for it with that one, I think. Yeah, fair um, enough. I don't know, but either way, um, look, Newcastle are. Uh, I think going into a game like that with the mentality that you know it means nothing, you're going to produce a result like that. They'll step up next. Yeah. They'll step up this week against Para. Yeah, oh, oh, I'm sure they will. Right? The Speedy Brothers will be to. playing. And in mm. saying that, Clemmer Clemmer played. <laughs> it's weird. Anyway. Yeah, look, nothing. Yeah, move we'll, on. We'll move on. This game, this was nothing yeah. game. Meant absolutely nothing. Um, Dead rubber. So three, two, one's guilty. Yeah, uh, big, big thing that happened in the game was heart the heart injury. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, so well, yeah. I'm pretty sure he's going to be out until the start of next year. Yep. I think they were talking about syndesmosis. Uh, so three, two, one's Milf. He sort of made a little bit of a late season revival. Yep. He got three points. Uh, Herbie Farnsworth. He's pretty dangerous out there on the left edge. He's uh, got two points and that uh, Tessie Newey. I mean, they found a fullback. They don't need to be looking for a fullback, Brisbane. He got one point. Boys, game five, the Manly Seagulls defeat the North Queensland Cowboys 46 to 18. Tommy Turbo. 15 games. He scored 25 tries, five hat tricks, 30 try assists, ran nearly 2,800 metres. And has made 109 tackle busts. He is Manly's game plan. No ifs, ands, or buts. I'm pretty sure none of those tackle busts were made for his second try in this match against the Cowboys. He's a freak. Just a freak. I think it was a. I think it was officially eight. So oh, he's scored. He scored or set up more tries than the Bulldogs' entire season. All right, rub it in. <laughs> and. On the back of the hat, I'm declaring him. I've, I haven't even seen I haven't seen the numbers, but he'll be yeah, the Valley right. M medalist. He'll be the sideline story medalist. Yep. And I feel like, in my opinion, he has that game. He's overtaken Jared Hayno nine, which was previously my, in my opinion, the greatest run of form I've ever seen in my life. Mm. Can I just segue for I'll can I segue for a sec there, Clarky? You just brought up Jared Hayne. In your throwback mm-hmm. Thursday, sorry to segue uh, and cut you off there, Nick, but in, in your throwback Thursday, Jared Hayne was the talk of the, like, you know, he was our throwback. He was your throwback. Yep. Yep. And it was specifically for the run into the 09 finals. Yep. And, mate, we lost, we lost a handful of followers because, and we could be actually. Yeah. And DM saying, why'd you put Jared Hayne up? He's a, he's a convicted rapist. I'm just like, Man, we you can't, can't wipe history. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. He's not. A, he's not a convicted rapist, though. It wasn't rape. Oh, mate. Look, neither here nor there, <laughs> mate. You, yeah. The guy. The guy still did what he did in 09. You can't say he didn't do it, and that's why mate, he gets a throwback. <laughs> like it makes this no is, sense. This me. is this is the only thing that. Um, so I was listening to something today, and Buzz Rothfield was talking about. Ball in hand. And mm. I would say that Trebojevic is probably better ball in hand. 
if it comes to uh, a short passing game, maybe on par, long passing game, Jared Hayne has him covered by a mile. Yep. The only thing I haven't seen with Trebojevic is defence. Jared Hayne saved a lot of tries. Oh, Turbo is You don't see Trebojevic. I don't know. He did, he did in the origin, but, you know, it wasn't a regular thing. And, and the thing is, his team might be a little better. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So it helps. I'm, look, I'm biased from a Parramatta fan, but, and don't get me wrong, one of the greatest seasons I've ever seen, he's still got to get him to a grand final. Yeah, we will see. We will see. But back, <laughs> back to Tommy Turbo. Against the Cowboys, he also made a little bit of history here in Supercoach, uh, you know, virtual world um, by scoring 229 points, the highest Supercoach score in history. He also has the second highest of 226, and Nathan Cleary has the third with 225. Okay, but- okay. Here's another thing, Well, just on, on that. I mean, there's been rule changes that that um, that's yeah, that's right. Attacking players, if Jared Haynes got those rule changes, who's to say what he would have done? Do you know what I mean? But I know it's it's comparing apples with oranges, I reckon. But he's in jail. <laughs> well, no, he is. Yeah, he is. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, just because just because we're giving just because we're throwing stats around. Um, I gave the Ruben Garrick and the Manly stats last week about the about the try scored and stuff like that. But Ruben Garrick on the weekend was the first player in history to score 300 points in the regular season. Yeah. Ruben Garrick. Mate, Nick Polias had a lot to say about these rule changes, but we'll talk about it now. Um, rule review in the postseason. Don't you worry, mm. champs. But, boys, the last try of the um, the game was um, the longest distance try to ever be scored in history. 110 yeah. metres. Yep. 110 meter try. There you go. And it was crazy. It was probably try of the year. Are we just going to keep throwing up stats? Yeah, that's all we can do. Got something for us? Who cares about the Cowboys? The stats. <laughs> no, no, no stats. more stats. I've got some interesting no things that happen in the game though to talk about. Go, go. No, no, no. Just uh, stats. <laughs> Hammer, Hammer made a Hammer made a break in the very first couple of minutes, and Saab. I might have to change who's the fastest player. I told you. I told you so. Oh, mate, he made that. He made that look easy. Yeah, I don't know if Hamill was going full stretch, but I think Sab would have caught him anyway. Wonder what the Telstra tracker stats would give us on Channel Nine. Hey, guilty, guilty. Yeah, I hate to say I told you so, but yeah, I know. I think you said I think that Sab might have him. You told us all right, Dan, with all the conviction. Anyway. Uh, a couple of other things that happened. Um, like I was going to talk about Garrick scoring uh, a million points as well. Um, Gerbo scored a double. Yeah, and um, I, I go on about this bloke because I think he's awesome. But uh, at one point in the game, Taumalolo was running the ball <laughs> one-on-one. Olakawadu put him Ooh, on his ass one-on-one. Geez, you don't see that often. Surprise, and surprise. on top of that, yeah, and he set up a good try when he dove over the line before the ball went out. When they won by about a thousand points. It doesn't matter, mate. It's still a gun. Anyway, look, now, the Cowboys. You, you wish he was playing for the Bulldogs, mate. Oh, I do. You wish you played for Parra. He's your boyfriend, just like Cameron Murray is. The nah, bloody, uh, I got Papalihi. We got Papalihi, mate. We can't have them all. Oh, okay, fair enough. <laughs> uh, look, we'll move it on. Um, Manly's going to have a red hot run. That win got them to fourth spot. Uh, so good for them. Uh, and they'll be playing the Storm in week one, which we will 
preview soon. But Gildy, three, two, ones. Okay, three, two, ones. We had um, Turbo three, Garrick two, Jerbo one. Boys, game six, the South Sydney Rabbitohs defeat the St. George Illawarra Dragons 20-16. to Clarky, you must be happy. Uh, the Rabbitohs were probably the team resting most of their star players out of all the clubs that did that, yet they still pulled off a victory. Yeah, it was touch and go towards the end there, but um, some more stats. 42 points, first time in um, South Sydney history that they've scored 42 points in a year. Oh, in, um, um, in competition points, you mean? In competition points. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, mate, the futures, don't get me wrong, I still think it's a fucking absurd decision to let Adam Reynolds go. But um, the young the young guys who played Lachlan Ilias, I thought he had a really solid game. Um, Peter Memazoulos in hooker played really well. I think he's going to transition really well when um when Cookie finishes up and um Blake Taff had a okay game looked a little bit shaky on with a couple of errors but um yeah it was a it was a win that's all that's really all it was wasn't much wasn't much more to it mate it's good like look unfortunately for St George fans uh, a horrible stat for them <laughs> eight losses in a row and they all uh are compounded and post the COVID barbecue incident that's ruined their season. Uh, we know that now. Mm. It's solidified it. Nails in the coffin. That's ruined their season. Uh, they'll lament that. Um, but, you know, it's unfortunate for them. But um, the... even when you go over to the, speaking of the young fellas as well, um, obviously in the Dragons team, Tyros Lyon had a, another cracker of the game. Yeah, he's... Mate, he's in everything. He's got to try everything. We're saying. Yep. We're saying it every we're saying it every game he plays. He's he's gonna be something special. Mate, you find you, it funny that, about um, him, sorry. another thing about him is that he's not in the top thirty. Do you know that? Yeah, he's elevated next year oh, really? for sure. Yeah, he's not in the top Elef- thirty currently. Yeah. Elevated, yeah. Mate, um, I find it a little bit strange. Um the Dragons have come out this year, despite the fact Tarek Sims has a year left on his contract, and they've said, Yeah, mate, you can look for another one if someone offers you long term because we're not offering you long term. Yeah. At first, when I read this, I'm like, what the fuck are they doing? But then you kind of um, you kind of look at it a little bit deeper and you look at it from the club's perspective. And this I'm just kind of going off what some of the fans are saying on their forums. They're doing it as a more of a sign of respect to Tarek Sims. Cause so when Tarek Sims when his contract's finished, he'll be asking a club to sign him as a 33-year-old. Mm. And he's, 30, he's 31 now and he's playing next year at 32, yeah. So 33. Yeah, so, but at the end of that, he'll be... So he, I think he's born in like January. So he'll be 33 yeah. when, let's say, Parramatta pick him up. They'll be, be picking him up as a 33-year-old, somewhat injury-prone second rower. They're, I think their idea is, well, maybe you'll be more valuable if you go now... He might be As able a to pick up a two, or three year, a, th- a two or three year contract, and you might and you'll be more appealing to a another club. Which, if you look at it from that perspective, it's a really nice gesture from the Dragons. But, yeah. mate, he someone needs to pick him up. He can't go to he can't go to England. No, he won't go to England. But who, I can't I can't see many. Mate, the Tigers, 
Yeah, he'll Who go else? Tigers. He'll go Tigers. The Tigers or maybe North Queensland. Because mm. they'll be still he'll he'll be, well he can go back to North Queensland. He's yep. he made his debut there. But yeah. next year's next year's contract will be propped up by the Dragons. So he'll come cheapish next year. So yeah. yeah. He'll go to the Roosters, what? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Mate, on, um on minimum but, wage. Yeah. <laughs> Mate, um look. We'll move it on quickly, um, but before I do that, mate, Blake Taff, um, like you said, uh, Clark, he had a bit of a shaky game. He can't be having that next week. Oh, sorry, this week, as he oh. is the fullback for your club. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'm, we'll see. I'm, I'm, I'm bombing at Blake Taff all game. That's what I'm doing. Oh, yeah. We'll talk about it in the preview, I think. Yep. Gu- um, three, two, one's guilty. Three, two, one's. Oh, right before we go on, Graham, the Graham try. Pushing the guy in the back. Thoughts? I didn't see it because I didn't watch it. Okay, so what what, what happens is uh, there's no um, obstruction and um, Sloan's setting up to take a catch. Mm -hmm. And uh, the young winger, he's the twin. He's in front of uh, Sloan and Graham pushes the winger into Sloan. They both drop the ball. Graham scores a try. It's a push in the back. It should have been a penalty. It was a push in the back. But, mate, don't, don't get don't get hung up on these things. As long as they get the downtown penalties right, <laughs> let's just get the let's just get the things that the fans want out of the game. The downtown penalties. Yeah. Look, okay. you know what? You if know it's a try. It's a try. Who cares? You know what's interesting? If it's in a grand final, as long as they get those downtowns right, or if you're standing in front of the play the ball or something obscure like that. Clarky, they're going to review, do a mass review of uh, rules at the end of the year, and the downtown penalty is one of them. So lucky you, eh? But give okay, it. three, two, ones. Uh, Graham three had a great game at centre. Uh, Benji two and uh, Sloan Sloan one. But like Clarky said, Ilias uh, Nichols was Nichols the captain. Nichols was captain. Yeah. Nichols the captain. I thought he was the best forward for South, and uh, Burns played well. I know he's not going to. Play many games in the finals, but he's still he's still there. You know, he's a good 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 reserve back. Boys, game seven, the Gold Coast Titans defeat the New Zealand Warriors forty four to nil. So the Titans qualify for finals for the first time since twenty sixteen, and the fourth time ever since their inception into the NRL competition in two thousand and seven. So this win launched them to eighth spot from tenth pushing the Sharks to ninth and the Raiders to 10th, like I told you both so last week. But I don't like saying that, but I did. So good on them. Uh, I'm very happy for them. They're the Kings of Queensland for two years in a row officially. And now they have something further further to play for this season as opposed to last season when they came ninth. But um, the biggest thing in this match was uh, the brawl. Uh, two brawls. Yeah, well, there was two. Um, at one point it was... This game was... This game was fucking chaos. Yeah, mate. It went from 13v13 to 12v10. So the Warriors, for those that don't know, the Warriors had three players sin-binned at one time and the Titans had one uh, for their roles in a good old-fashioned punch-on. It was um, pretty crazy. And the aftermath is even crazier. I, I think that the refs the refs lost... Like, obviously, the refs lost control of this game. So when... Um, when Jazz Tavanga got sent off, I know he shoved a player, right? But but one of the Gold Coast blokes should have gone off at the same time. So oh. what it was was um, player was uh, being pushed out of the sideline. I can't remember who it was, but Philip Sammy 
he, as he's trying to get up, Philip Sammy's standing over the top of him, not letting him get, get out. Then Reese uh, Walsh pushed him. I think Reese Walsh comes in like a, like he's like he's about twenty kilos heavier than he was and got ragdolled away. <laughs> but as he got as uh, Philip Sammy came out from the I guess you call it a ruck, uh, Jazz Tavanga runs over and pushes him in the back. He falls over. I mean, this this should have been a, a Gold Coast play. Should have been sent. It would have been it would have been made it it would have made it even more even. Well, Matt, Matty, then, Matty um, Lodge, Matty Lodge had his little brain snap there. Yeah, in saying that, Jared Wallace is a cat. How many times does he go down and hold his head and he's fine? Yeah, he's done that mate, more than one a, time this year. Yeah, mate, that's the, he. Jared Wallace deserved to have his head punched in for fucking. Bad. Yeah, that that's that's what he was. He was a cat. Stop, yeah. stop, stop. You can probably cop it if a winger does it. You can probably cop it if a half does it, mate. Like Gildy, I I was on a front row a bit. I I think you were like you don't do that if you're in the front row. I just I just I personally I just think it's it's not very manly. It's a man's game. You get up and play the ball. That's the right thing to do. The right thing to do is play the ball. You know, if you get a little love tap on the nose, it's not a head high. But the, but but Wallace is the kind of player that's looking for that penalty, and that shits me. Mm. Anyway, so did you see that? Anyway, then there was the lodge sort of out at him and they had a bit of words and they talked about signing the contract, have a little signing bit of a fight, contract, blah, 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 right? Yeah, it was like WWE. It was like WWE. Yeah, was where's our boy Zion Quinn at? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then the, the, the game carried on a little bit and then there was uh, uh, Peachy sort of running across field and lodge hit him fucking late. Yep, absolutely late. Wallace comes in. There's a there's a brouhaha there, and then that maniac idiot. And I've defended him before, but fucking stupid. Kane Evans comes oh, in throwing oh, punches. Oh, he's an idiot, mate. He needs that. He, bug loves it. Loves uh, the knuckle. Oh, but he doesn't. He's not very good. Nah. Even um. Even you think he'd be better because he's in the Dylan Napper video. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen him shadow boxing. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> That's anyway. so good. Anyway, yeah. look, boys. Um, the the Titans needed to win by eleven to take eighth spot, and they decided to win by forty four. Um, you know, uh, it's going to be a good game uh, against uh, the Roosters. Oh, 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 do you know what? Do you know what, Dan? Just let me say one more thing. Uh, yeah. It's unfair that this didn't get brought up. How good was uh, Preston's kid? Oh, Jaden oh, Campbell. Was awesome. Mate, he's awesome. He, he, he backs himself reason. Backs himself hard. Yeah, Sorry, yeah. you go. Kill. Go. go. I was just going to say, there's no way he's not playing fullback next year, and you just got to find no. another spot for um. Yeah. For what's, what's the fellow with the broken jaw's name? AJ Brimson. AJ Brimson. They've already said they're already five eight. They've already said they're moving into five eight. Mm. Oh, you've got to because you've got to you've got to have that kid there somewhere. Yeah, my um. He, he looks tiny. He's got the yeah. skinniest legs you've ever seen, oh, but no. he doesn't get belted. He just falls forward all the time. Yeah. Yeah, because I think they're too. I think I don't know because he. Because of the way he moves and he's just so nimble and light on his feet, I think that they're probably worried. It's like, oh, I'm not going to try and put a hit on him because at any moment, you just go bang and then I'll miss him. Yeah. But um, he, um, he went to school in Penrith because obviously he was, um, he was a young kid when Preston was there back in, um, back when he was winning grand finals with Penrith. And um, he, a mother-in-law said he net because she taught at the same school. Never saw him without a football in his hand. Oh, so he was awesome. destined to be destined to be what we're seeing. Do you know now. what he could do that make him just a percent better? 
Cut that stupid fucking ponytail. Yeah, it's a, ra- it's a Jedi. It. It's a Jedi. Whatever it is, fuck it off. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> guilty three, two, ones with your hair. Oh man, guilty's at it again. Haircut yeah, issues uh, every week. Uh, where are we? Campbell three just spoke about him. Fogarty's playing well too. Kicking great and uh, Fodawaka just just making meters in the south. I think he scored a good try as well. He did it was a good try, mate? On that, on that, uh, I thought Tino. Tino is the future captain of that side. He's just in everything. Yep. Yeah. yeah, Tino was mad. Boys, the final game of round twenty-five and the NRL regular season. An absolute blockbuster. The Canterbury Bulldogs oh, defeated God. the West's Tigers 38 to nil. Mate, surprising as hell. The the Bulldogs collected is it? their yeah, no, it is. It really is. It really is. Look, mate, they collected their sixth wooden spoon in the club's history, the Bulldogs, but they did it in spectacular fashion. Um <laughs> they mate, they flipped the scripts. Mate, they they their third win this year, they win 38 nil against the Tigers who they just lost to four weeks ago, by the way, or three weeks ago, the Bulldogs averaged 30 points. They leaked 30 points per match. <laughs> and they would score between two to three tries a game. Yet they they score 38 and then they keep the Tigers to nil. I don't know where that's been all year. They've had it in them to, to, to like, you know, ice some games and they finally did it. But three games, <laughs> three games... They've won all year. Mate, it's craziness. Oh, look, I'm I'm happy. I'm happy. Everyone was everyone was happy for them. Um, it's just looking to the future for them. The Tigers, on the other hand, mate, oh. I, mate, look, I know we're gonna speak about this in the postseason, but just for those listeners that have missed this or just need a reminder, I picked them as the wooden spoon. Um, and there was a reason think- for that. And what do they? What do they end up coming? They end up coming. Not they came thirteenth, uh, thirteenth. Yeah, bottom four. Yeah, the thing so is, fourth last, bottom four. If the if the Tigers won that, they would have finished eleventh. Like, yeah, it would have been obviously. Look, we we will talk about it in the postseason, but I think we have to talk about it now purely because by the time the postseason comes, they're probably going to have sacked Madge. But after that, because that was that was. Abysmal that performance by the Tigers. Yeah. They started, it was, they started it was awful. okay. Mate, the dogs yeah. defended the dogs def- the dogs defended three sets in a row. Yeah. And that was it. See you later. Like mm. Jock Madden had a up. shocker. Luke Brooks had a shocker. Luciano oh, had a shocker. But not the worst. The worst was Sini. Oh, Sini man. was yeah. the worst player this year. Yeah, That's the man. worst I've ever seen a first grader. I feel sorry for him, but that was shit. It was a it was a bad it was a bad game overall. As a Bulldog supporter, you, I loved it. Obviously, not much to cheer about this year. Um, they broke their ten game losing streak, and if they didn't, they would have equaled their worst ever losing streak with eleven. But they broke that, so I'm happy a record here's, here's one was for made. You, Dan. Um, I was just going to say that. How do you feel about Meany going? I think I think Meany sort of made the fullback his spot this year. Well, mate, towards look, the back end of the year. It's a oh, shame look, he's going. It is a shame he's going. Um, him going to Melbourne along with Xavier Coates, they're going to have some great replacements I for Addo Carr and um, Brenko Lee. the best wingers in the comp. Mate, yeah, 100%. But um, back to Clarkie's point uh, on, on Madge, I'll say this from the outset. I think he's been made the scapegoat. And for those Tigers supporters listening, um, I've maintained this for a while now and I'll vent it again. I think there's an, a major cultural issue at your club and uh, it starts from the top 
and in the head office. And I don't think that the right people are there. I think there's a lot of infighting. We've heard that from um, our, uh, what's it called? Our interview with, or sideline story with Mick as well, Mick Labinskis. He um, insinuated the same, a same sort of feeling at the club. And I don't think the, the marriage between West Magpies and uh, Balmain Tigers has ever uh, come to fruition like they thought it would. And that's why you're, you're copying results like that. They yeah. like, to, they like yeah. to mask it with what they're doing at Concord and Campbelltown. But, mate, I'll tell you this. Sorry, Guilty. I'll, I'll say this. The, when you go to Penrith, when you go to Redfern, when you go to Parramatta, when you go to Belmore, you know that those clubs are embedded in, that, in those suburbs, in, you know, in, you know, Panthers, Bulldogs, Parramatta, Rabbitohs. But you go to Concord, you go to Campbelltown, you go to Leichhardt, and you don't know that that's Tiger Town. You don't know that anymore. They've lost, they've, they've lost touch with their, they've lost touch with their first grade team and, and, and their, their base of fans. That's what I feel. Mate, uh, someone's nice got to go though, Dan. Someone's got to go and the coach is the guy that's got to go. Unfortunately, mate, always, I think it's always the coach. Mate, I, I feel, like, I feel like Madge, um, uh, and I, th- I think he is the right guy for the job, but I feel like hundred percent he is. He, I've been he, saying, I've been saying it all year. Yeah, mate. Look, I, I feel like he. Uh, I don't think he feels he could. Uh, he couldn't make the make the change. I think he needs more time, a five year plan. But I think the job's bigger than what he thought. But he could still do it. They just need to persist with him for the next five years. He needs to have his hands on the roster. That's what needs to happen. Yeah. So on the back of. On the back of that performance, I, I'm like, oh, I'll message my brother and and a, and a good good friend, both um, both of the Tigers. Well, yeah, both of the West Tigers fans, just to get their perspective. I'm like, you go onto the forums, and the forums are toxic. Like, yeah. they're just not even worth discussing, really. But what are they saying? I'm, Mate, like you go on the West forums and they're saying we need to become, we need to go back to but we're the Western suburbs magpies and right. half half of them are saying sack Madge, half of them are saying it's just yeah. And I I like to get perspectives from people that I trust and I know and I see and I can, and I know where they're coming from. So good friend Damon Vella, his his perspective was they need to give him at least another year because they just can't keep like, it's just two years, new coach, two years, new coach, two years, new coach. Like you need to do something different because they sack him again. It's just going to be the same thing. Two years, new coach, mm-hmm. two years, new coach. Mate, if, and if then, they've got but, a player, they, they need a player. They're not attracting any players. Yeah, I know. But, the, but so well, that brings me to my brother's point. My brother's point is that if the, but if they're not, if the players aren't playing for Madge, what do you do? And they're yeah. clearly after that performance, they're not playing for Madge. Well, he's got to go then. Which like is, really? Which, is, which, which again, like you watch back. that, you watch that performance, thirty-eight nil to the fucking dogs. They, 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 they yeah, yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Uh, the, bull, the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs. To the you, Canterbury like. Bankstown Bulldogs are the worst team in the competition. Yeah. And you got beat by thirty-eight points to nil. They're hey. not playing. They're not playing for him anymore. And, and again, it's a, cult- that, it's a cultural issue. That's yeah, culture. And, and after that, and after that performance, I've been supporting Madge all year, and I will continue to support him. 
But yeah, that if they mm. if they sack him, it's hard to argue against it. Anyway, look, we've ripped on the Tigers enough. <laughs> They're going to cop it more in our um, post match review. One last thing, just within the game, what do you think about the Bloor send off? Uh, that's that that comes down to a, a sin bin from last week for a Brendan Piakura. Um, if Mate, you're hitting someone late in the back, that shouldn't have been. I thought it, I thought it was yeah exactly I thought it was a bit harsh. Oh, that's that's my take on that. And but you know what, Luke Thompson, Luke Thompson's copping as well. Like they they've the been calling penalty. him that. Gilded, they've been calling. Nah, him. They've, they've only been doing it towards the end of the year. They it's have the same. They're, they're saying that that's the same. Mate, the difference between Piacora and that Piacora was late. Right, this wasn't late. This was almost. I mean, yeah. they slow it down. It's late, but it's really not that bad, right? And then Mate, um, they got to persist with it. The that's what they want. Same penalty as Latrell Mitchell got. They've got Ridiculous. to persist. They've got to pers- if they want that to be ridded from the game, then they've got to persist with it. Otherwise, don't. So, you know, yeah, you at can't the moment, rid that from the game. That's that, that was simultaneous. Yeah. Like, I thought it was. I thought yeah. it was harsh. I thought it was harsh. Yeah. So, anyway, look, happy for the dogs, obviously, because I'm a bulldog supporter. Um, but um, we will move it on to three, two, ones for the final regular season game. Okay, uh, Meany three. Like we said, he's going to Melbourne next year. Hetherington back to the back row and played well. Indeed. It's first try Played for well. the club. And Adam Dewey, one point. <laughs> no. no. He didn't get a point to play. <laughs> oh, uh, really? Yeah, but Jackson Jackson got a point. Yeah. Jackson, maybe they would have won if Dewey was out there. <laughs> <laughs> Boys, um, so with that, regular season, done and dusted. It's finals time now. And... We will give a more detailed preview of the week one finals games momentarily in the bunker review. But just for our listeners, this is how the ladder finished after 25 rounds. So first and minor premiers are Storm. Second, third and fourth go to Panthers, Rabbitohs and Manly. Fifth to eighth, Roosters, Eels, Knights and Titans. So there's our top eight. Uh, The bottom half of the ladder, Sharks, Raiders, Dragons, Warriors are ninth to twelfth. And the bottom four in this order, in uh, descending order, Tigers, Broncos, Cowboys, and the Wooden Spoon to the Bulldogs for the sixth time in their history. Also, like we said earlier, we will have a standalone episode of our ladder predictions and team reviews in the postseason. Please look out for that. That will be a cracking episode. Boys, let's move it on to the Sideline Stories Bunker Review presented by the Rusty Penny Brewing Company. So please check out our sponsor by clicking the link in our biography on Instagram Facebook or the timestamp description in our episodes and please give them a follow. Fantastic beer. I'm on to my second. As usual, we start our bunker review with our Instagram fan poll results from last week. Topic one. How would you feel about John Bateman returning to the NRL? 65% of our listeners and followers said, welcome back. 35% said it would be dog to the Raiders. Very surprised. With that score. Yeah. Yep. I don't want to talk. I don't want yeah, to talk I know you don't want to talk about it. We'll move it on. Uh, the next topic, would you sign Mitchell <laughs> Pierce? <laughs> I'm surprised at this one too, actually. Um, 58% said they would sign Mitchell Pierce, meaning 42 said they wouldn't. So, What are you surprised about? Uh, that it's low. That people f- f- would sign him? Yeah, 58% said they yeah. would sign him. I thought it'd be higher. But he's not a shit. Hey, it depends what it depends what team. Yeah, that's right. Know. That's true. That's true. That's true. 
And it was after they might they might have answered the questions after Newcastle's performance on the weekend. You're like, oof, a bit lower. <laughs> Fair mm. enough. Boys, the next topic: Can the Bunnies win the comp without Latrell Mitchell? Seventy nine percent said no, Clarky. I think we all said no too, but who's the twenty one? Mm. We'll wait and see. Die hard, eh? die hard to our supporters. <laughs> Uh, we'll wait and see, eh? Uh, next I, topic. I did, I did hover. I did hover over. I did hover over. Can we? No, we're going to verse Melbourne, and we're going to lose. Yeah. Boys, the next topic: uh, late shots like Brendan Piercura's against Braden Trindle in round twenty-four. Sin binnable offences. Seventy-nine percent said yes. So. We just talk, spoke about the one in the Tigers Dogs game. I don't think it's the same, Guilty, like you said. Um, but that—that's yeah. the thing. What's what's late and what's not? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know when they're late. Like Lodge was late, he gets sent off for ten. Um, yeah. Peter Curis was late, he gets sent off for ten. Um, Bloor, mate, fuck, it was almost simultaneous. That's mm. not a ten. Anyway, the next topic, boys: the JJ Gilton and Shield, the award given to this year's minor premiers. Should it be rewarded at the home ground? Of the winning side, or where the winning side wins, uh, wins the the title, regardless of ground sorry, or round. Sorry, sorry I've, I've just transported back to nineteen ninety three. My landline's ringing. <laughs> <laughs> Time for dinner. <laughs> Hello, love. Hello. <laughs> um. So twenty eight percent said uh, the award should be given at the winning team's home ground. Seventy two percent said whenever they win it. I'm very shocked. I'm in the minority. I'm the new the new Nick Guild of uh So what was it? Sorry, sorry, Dan. So sorry, hold sorry, guys. Yeah, I have to answer this landline. Keep going, keep going. Yep, that's all right. Um, so we um remember last week we spoke about uh if you won the minor premiership, uh should they award it at the ground when you win it, or should they award it when you get a home game? And yeah. I was I was like, oh, in in the English Premier League in soccer or football. They get awarded at the home ground, but in yep. in um, in, and and they're doing that for the NRL now. Obviously, this year they can't because we're in Queensland. But a lot of that by our listeners, seventy two percent said no. You should award it whenever you win it. So if you win it in round twenty three, that's what, that's what I said. That's yeah. what I said. Good job, listeners. Uh, right, whatever, <laughs> whatever, listeners. So anyway. Uh, the next topic, are the Melbourne Storm still premiership favourites? 73% said yes. The opposition of 27 said no. They look cooked. They're done. Oh, I don't know if they're done. I don't think they're done at all. I think uh, they're still premiership favourites. They're very deadly. The next topic, should divers be given a mandatory two-minute spell on the sideline? Nick, you're going to love this. 85% said yes. It is a blight on the game. 15% said no because it would be too hard to manage, which is fair. But people also hit up our DMs and they said, um, they suggested five minute or 10 minute sin bins for, for, for diving. Mate, how do, you, that's, how do you prove it? I think, exactly. I think what you do is you, you send them off for either two or five minutes and it's not a send off, it's to make sure they're okay. Yeah, mate. You know who went for one, a two minute, a two minute the other day was. Um, uh, see him out of an eye for the dogs. He had a two minute spell on the sideline. Yeah. You know that? But anyway, I like the two minute idea. I think that's fantastic because it is a rule they implemented. I, I lauded at the start of the year and it didn't really get used properly this year because, you know, for whatever reason. But anyway, 
Uh, boys, next topic. Should hip drop tackles be sin binnable offences? Only 69% said yes. That's weird. Yeah. They're, the, they're, 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 they're just as bad as head eyes. 100%. Mate, they're worth your knees. Oh, anyway. Knees and concussion are the two worst injuries you can probably have. And I don't know. It should be 100%. But anyway. Next topic. Clarky, this is your one. Should injury be taken into account by the match review committee? 72% said yes, because it shows severity. Mm. Whereas 28% said no, it shouldn't matter, which is what I said. <coughs> it shouldn't matter. Yeah. It shouldn't yeah. matter. But I can see where you're coming from with your angle. Uh, next topic, Turbo's first try against the Bulldogs. 30% said it was a try. Absolutely shocked. Shocked. Yeah, it's not. It's, it's not. not. For the listeners that think it is, they're idiots. You're an idiot. <laughs> if you said yes, you're an idiot. It's not. Uh, anyway, next one. This is yours, Guilty. Is it fair that TPJ, Tevita Pangai Jr., for those who don't know what um, an acronym is, has signed with the Penrith Panthers for 2021? So is it fair that he signed with Panthers? 62% said yes, it's fair, which I think it is. Yeah. With that, I just said it doesn't feel right. I didn't say it wasn't fair. Oh, yeah, it doesn't fair feel enough. right. Fair enough, yeah. fair enough, fair enough. Uh, second last topic, how should suspensions during the season affect Dally M points? Are you ready for this one? 47% yep. said it shouldn't affect it at all. 53% yep. said three-point deduction per week as, as it currently is. Actually shocked at yeah, how right. even that is. Yeah. Yeah, look, uh, as long as, it, as, long as it, you get, you know. Yeah, look, you know what? To be honest, man, you're losing. If you get sent off, you don't normally get the three. Do you know what I mean? So you're already losing three there. I don't know. And then, and then as you get the suspension, you're off for a couple of weeks. You're not going to be getting any points in that period. Mm. Yeah. I don't, anyway. Boys, last topic. Wayne Pierce's suggestion to trial a rule that punishes teams who kick the ball into touch on purpose by rewarding the opposition with a seven-tackle set. 68% said dumb, dumb, dumb. 32% surprisingly said at least trial it. No, <laughs> absolutely not. Absolutely fucking not. Yeah, cool. Oh, good. I'm, I'm glad everyone's answering me so, so promptly. There's no question, Dan. There's no question. You made a statement and then that was it. Yeah, well, well you Silence. can't agree with it. Silence. Thanks, Oi. guys. Thanks for, thanks for backing Oi. me. Oi. <laughs> it's, it's a shit rule. What, you're going to oh, you like it? Do you like it, Nick? Do you like the rule? No, nah, no, nah, I don't. I'm just playing exactly. So why don't you voice your opinion? You're on a podcast. <laughs> anyway, anyway, boys, let's move on to this week's bunker review finals edition NRL finals edition bunker review ish. Obviously, like the main one is the preview, but we have a few topics before it. So start with um, a couple quick fire ones. Guilty, we'll start with you. First topic, who is the best player in the air to contest the high ball? I've got two. Go. I've got Kyle Felt, I reckon, is the current best mm -hmm. in the air. But I think Xavier Coates is the most Michael Jordan-esque. He yeah. looks the best up there. Mate, you know what? I picked Kyle Felt as mine. Um, mate, they're touting Xavier Coates as the next Inglis. And, mate, when he goes to Melbourne, mate, he could emulate him or, you know, Surpasses, mate. Huh? Is something that happened in the game? This I know this isn't about air, but when you talk about Inglis, mate, uh, that center Cobo is it? Is it Cobo? Yeah, Selwyn Cobo. Selwyn Cobo scored a oh, like an eighty meter try, not even a try, mate. 
Xavier Coates loomed up on him exactly the same as Jason Saab loomed up on the hammer. Mm. He is fast as well, yeah. and he's big. Yeah. But I'm with you on Kyle Felt being the best. He's just – he's insane, man. He's a massive attacking weapon in the air. Um, yep. Clarky, who do you have? I went a little bit out of the ordinary. But um, for his size, they can't get above – those players can't seem to get above Brian Toppo. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. you reckon? Do you know what he does, though, Dean? Brian yeah. they, should be, they should be able to get above him fucking – Every single time, and they can't. He, the, the way he, he boxes them out, you know, like in basketball, you sort of box an area, and so yeah. they can't get into his area. Do you know what I mean? And that's what makes yeah, he is good. He's good at more defensive, but not so much offensive, but more defensive, right? Yeah, 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 more defensive. Yeah, mate, that's mate. a that's a, an interesting one, but he's an he's, an, he's such a good player. Fuck, he's good, yeah, but, yeah. yeah. All right, I love him. The next one, most underrated player in 2021 and why? Guilty, again, start with you. Okay, the most underrated player? Yep. Uh, oh, Kuatu. I actually wrote down a <laughs> oh, No, no. Um, I, got, I, I wrote down a couple, but uh, if you had to ask me who's the current, yep. mate, it's pretty close between a couple. Mate, Lachlan Croker from Manly. Well, yeah, it's a good one. Okay, That's I've got awesome a couple, one. but 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 Lachlan Croker. I'll let the others go. You guys go first, and then I'll I'll see who else I was thinking as well. Go, Clarky. No, you go first because I actually didn't even come up with one. <laughs> so I'm trying to come up with <laughs> dickhead. Um, I don't know if you'll agree he's underrated. I think he's underrated. I don't think he gets enough accolade than he should. I think Adam Reynolds is one of the most underrated players in the game. Yeah. Uh, I think they're talking about him a lot now because he's going. Oh, I don't think he's underrated. I think he's awesome. Lachlan Croker's awesome. I think that's a that's a hectic um, suggestion because he is very underrated, um, especially what he's done with Manly this year. Um, and no one's talking about, about him. him. But like yeah. uh, the reason I say Adam Reynolds is because I think he is the second best halfback in the game potentially above Jer- Jerome right Hughes. Cle- clear his first, yeah. but he's, kick- he's I think kicking- him and Jerome Hughes are on par. But he's kicking games next to the best, if not the best. Yeah. So I just I think I, he's underrated. They're talking about Cleary, it, you know. Yeah. Look, Cleary's the Cleary's the best, but I think that Reynolds is is the best, probably traditional half, and mm. and uh, and um, the fella from uh, Melbourne, um, he's more of a running half. He's probably the best running half in the comp. Clarky. Oh, probably Tom Trebojevic. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Dude. He's underrated. Yeah. Um, he, he could, one, one would argue he probably is because he's that fucking good. Um, I'm probably going to go with Alex Twile from the Tigers. Really? <clears throat> yeah, that's a good one. I think that's a good one. Yeah. He got a bit injured this year, but once he, when he is firing, he's, he's, pretty, he's pretty good. Yeah, you put him in, you put him in a lot of, he, he, could, he could squeeze in to a lot of the, He's he could he could fit into every team in the top eight, and he could squeeze into a lot of their starting packs. I think. Yeah, true. Yeah, fair enough. Yep, true. Who else you got? I, I, I had a couple. I had. Uh, I think that uh, Peter Hiku. He's pretty underrated. Yeah, he's, he's going up to North awesome, Queensland he? next year. Yep. Um, I had. I'll tell you another big one. Kenny Bromwich. I think Kenny Bromwich is a bit underrated. Yep. Yep. Uh, 
I had Isaac Liu. Yeah, you love him, yep. Yep. He's obviously going to Gold Coast next year. Morgan Harper. Mate, yep. he'd be getting paid nothing, you know. And uh, Daniel Tupu was another big one. I had one more. Uh, I think he's very underrated as a centre, is Brian Kelly from the Titans. He had one shocking game this year. Yeah. Do you know the one I'm talking oh, about? Yeah, where he... He had a monster shocker. Single-handedly lost the game on yeah. multiple occasions. But he is a good player. I agree, <laughs> Dan. But 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 he did have a bad... That was a massive game. <laughs> he's, he's one for you. The last one I had, Clark, you'll like this one. I think that Mark Nichols is currently... One of the oh, most underrated yeah. players. Oh, there you go. Yeah. It's a good one. Yeah. Look at you. Man, imagine, a team of underrated players. Mate, yeah. Imagine so. Imagine Alex Twal, the Storm. The boy could play for Australia. Yeah. Well, yeah, he'd be up there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he would be. Because you know, like those those players who get picked in teams that are winning. So if your team's yeah. winning, and all of a sudden, you know, they pick the players in the winning teams. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you're right. He, he could very well be playing for New South Wales and Australia. Boys, the most improved player in 2021 and why? Guilty again. Mate, massive bias, but I, I've got Isaiah Papalihi. No, that's, so do I. So do I. Yeah, it's, there's no bias there, Guilty. It's because it's the right answer. We all said it. We all said Isaiah Papalihi. Yeah. I've got two. the season, most improved yeah. I've got two others. Too easy. I've yeah. got two others. Go. I've got Colin Matangi. I think he's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Um, Can I guess the third? For, as opposed from last year, I've got Josh Curran. Oh, that's a good one. That's good. Very, 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 very good. I, I can't I can't disagree with any of them, but I think Papa Lee is the standout by far. I've got one more underrated player I forgot. He's at the bottom of the list. I must put him in the end. Go. You ready? Go. Nia Corey from oh, Parramatta. Ah, fantastic. Yeah, nah, he's awesome. He's been playing very well this year. I'll give you that. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a secret just quickly. <laughs> Ryan Madison has been omitted from the Parramatta side. Nia Corey's a starting second rower. Madison's not even on the bench. You'll be happy. Yeah. Interesting stuff. Boys, we'll move on to the fourth topic. Should the minor premiership deserve more accolade than it currently does? So to, to kind of, uh, for the English listeners, their league leader shield is lauded. They, they, it is a big deal there, despite the fact that there's, it's not first past the post. But if it was, that's who would be winning. That's why they call it the minor premiership. So should it be emulated, the accolade? Or prestige should that be emulated in Australia? Okay, yeah. So um, on the Sunday Footy Show, they had those uh, they had those panelists all come in, all the uh, journo's, yep. and this is one of the subjects that came up. Okay, and they were talking about how to make this a uh, how do you make it more important, all right? Mm-hmm. And they asked Freddie and, and Andrew Johns what they thought, and. They both pretty much said these are two of the best players that have ever played. Pretty much said they don't even think about it. It's not a big deal. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, right. You, the, the goal is to win the grand final. Of course. So yeah, what it they, is. So what they so what they did, what the journo said, they they were two interesting points. One was it's only a hundred thousand dollars if you win the minor premiership for the club. Mm-hmm. That's not even the price of a minor player. It just doesn't yep. seem like enough. 
if, if they could increase it the more. I don't know how they do that. I don't know if there's money in the coffers to do that. But if you make it more valuable, maybe that maybe you know round uh, last round of the season, no one rests their players because they want them on a premiership. Okay. Uh, the other interesting suggestion and it's food for thought was if you win the minor premiership, you get some kind of minor salary discompensation. So it makes it more valuable. You want to win the minor premiership so you might be able to keep a player that otherwise would have to go. That's a fantastic idea. Yeah. Mate, I think, look, $100,000 is nothing. I think they should raise it to half a mil, to be fair. It's a massive deal to win after 25 rounds. You know, you're, Technically, you're winning the comp doing that, but you're not. That's yep. what's called the minor premiership. But, yeah, a little bit of a um, re- uh, remuneration for, for winning. Oh, I think it's a good idea from the cap. Yep. Clarky, what do you I think? I, I think that just before you go, Clarky, I just think they've got to do something with the, the cap. They've got to work something better out. Father-son mm. rule. The, the, yeah. the AFL do it so well. We've got to do it better. Well, sorry, before Clarky goes, what, what did the AFL do better than the NRL in that regard? So the AFL have got rules. So if you're, if you, they've got this rule. This is just one of many, right? They've got the father-son rule. Do you know how that works? No. So the father-son rule. If your son, if your father played for the club, it's not included on the cap. Well, your whole salary is not included. Yep, one hundred percent. And that, I reckon that's awesome because you know what? It'll make more clubs be family clubs. Wow. Okay. That's just one. They've got they've got a couple, but you know, I'd have to research and know it. But I know there's more than that. Clarky, what's your um, opinion on uh, the the minor premiership gaining more accolade or not? I, I don't think I'm a fan of the um, the salary cap dispensation. That's that's just the the best getting better. Um, mm, it's true. Raising raising the um, the prize money is. The way to go, I think. Um, but different sporting cultures, like obviously, England is heavily their sport is heavily dominated by soccer, and they don't have a final series. That's that's where their love of the what do they call it? The league leader shield. The league leader shield. That's where their love of that comes from. Yeah, but just different sporting cultures. Yeah, fair enough. Boys, the fourth topic before our finals week one NRL preview. In light of the mass absence of NRL superstars in the final round of regular season NRL footy, should the NRL follow the AFL's lead and have a bye week prior to the commencement of finals footy? I don't hate it. Neither do I. No, no. <laughs> okay, can I can I assume why you said no? Because a lot of people... Have... You don't need it. You don't need it. Do you reckon? Well, why, it, why, why, why are we having it? What, 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 okay, I'll step back a bit. Why do you guys think it's a good idea to have it? Well, obviously, the coaches think it'd be a good idea because they wouldn't rest their players. Well, that's that's we one basically we basically had it this week. So Parramatta, so Parramatta, Parramatta, Melbourne, South, they all had the week off this week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Look, look. This is the way I see it, right? With regards to when clubs rest their players. Um, Penrith didn't rest their players, right? And they were lauded. Oh, look, Penrith are using a full side. But the thing is, throughout the year, they've had their players go through different kinds of injuries where during yeah. the injury, they've had a rest up. Yeah, they've so naturally, no been, they've naturally been rested. 
They've been yeah. rested, they've, so they don't need to yeah, do they've it. They've naturally been rested through yeah. either suspension yeah. or injury. Yeah. Yep. And and I just think but if, that if they if that but if that didn't happen though, they yeah. would have Ivan Cleary would have rested them just like Parramatta. Yeah, yeah, he would have. He would have. And yeah. I, I personally like, and I, we've said it before, I like watching the young blokes have a go. I like it. Because I want to see who the next up-and-comer is coming through. I want to know who's coming That's... through at my club. And the only way you get to really see it in Australia is because you don't get to really watch reserve grade. Is watching those games. Well, they need to That's promote what I, reserve grade. That's what, That's what origin period's for, isn't it, Dan? Don't get me started. But look, Wayne Bennett, um, suggested if the top teams have the spores to rest players, then so be it. They've earned it. Uh, similarly, with, for, uh, Ricky Stewart said the same thing. Yeah. And the Melbourne CEO even said um, he hates the idea of a bye week because what if you're one of those top teams? So, for example, say Melbourne and Penrith, who are the top two clubs, say they win in week one of the finals. That They've would mean two games off. It would yeah, mean, yeah game off, game on, game off, game on. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. So they don't yeah. like the inconsistency. So, look. the yeah, That's a fair point. Here's one way to combat it. I'm going to get killed for saying it, but I'm going to say it anyway. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Standalone internationals just after round 25. Shut the fuck up. That'd be mad. <laughs> no. Imagine that, Gildy. Get to watch Papua New Guinea versus Fiji. I'm kind of interested this... in what you're going to say. <laughs> Are you ready? Yeah. So instead of a bye weekend, you have a natural bye weekend of sorts with a wild card weekend. <laughs> ah, he did it. He did it. He did it. Uh, <laughs> he did it. <laughs> Which is obviously fucking retarded and no, will not be happening. But um, look, going back to some, you know, going back to a real suggestion, I don't like, I, I, I don't hate it. I'm with you, Clarky. Um, I think the integrity of the comp may come into question, but I'm with Wayne Bennett more. I'm weighing more towards it just like, you know, letting it ride. Round 25 goes into, you know, how, how they've got it because, you know, you could lose momentum that way. So I'm more with Wayne Bennett, Frank Panisi and Ricky Stewart and Nick Guild, by the way. Nicholas, the beautiful Guild. Yeah, I don't like it. Nicholas, anyway. it's Leslie Guild. <laughs> Boys. Let's move on to the final topic, the most important one of uh, the episode, our finals week one NRL preview. So for those that are unaware and living under a rock, after 25 rounds of the regular season, the comp breaks into the top eight, which is the final series, goes for a month. So in week one, the top four teams play each other. Winners advance to the preliminary finals, which is in week three, whereas the losers get a second chance and proceed to week two, which is the semifinals. They, so the losers, will play against the winners of 5th verse 8th and 6th verse 7th, which is also played in week one. So from there on out, it is do or die until the grand final, and then obviously the grand final is played in week four. So here are the matches, boys. Get your team list ready. Game one, Friday, 7.50 p.m. at Sunshine Coast Stadium. Sorry, before I move on, every game is in Queensland, by the way. Obviously, COVID hasn't... uh, fixed in New South Wales or Melbourne slash Victoria. Uh, the first placed Melbourne Storm are versing the fourth placed Manly Warringah Sea Eagles. So the lineups for this match, boys, in the fullback position for the Storm, we'll start with Ryan Pappenhausen. On the wings, George Jennings and Isaac Lumi Lumi. 
In the center positions, Remus Smith and Justin Olam. In the halves, Cameron Munster at 5'8", Jerome Hughes at halfback. The prop forwards, Jesse Bromwich and Christian Welch with Brandon Smith as the hooker. Felice Kafusi and Kenny Bromwich are the second rowers with Dal Finucane as the lock. On the bench, Harry Grant, Tui Kamekameka, Nelson Asofa Solomona, and Nico Hines. For the Manly Seagulls, at fullback, Tom Trebojevic. On the wing, Jason Saab and Ruben Garrick. Center positions, Brad Parker and Morgan Harper. In the halves, Kieran Foran and Daly Cherry Evans. Prop forwards, Josh Alloway and Martin Tapao. In the hooker role, Lachlan Croker. Second rowers, Hamoli Olakowatsu and Josh Schuster. And in the lock position is Jake Trebojevic. On the interchange, we have Dylan Walker, Carl Lawton, Sean Kepi, and Taniela Paseka. Boys, basically full-strength lineups there. Except for Ado Carr. Yeah, just so for those uh, that are unaware, Josh Ado Carr has a hamstring injury. He is ruled out. He's not even in the reserves for um, Melbourne. So he's ruled out for week one. Uh, and Cameron Munster's is under a massive injury cloud. Yeah. True. I wonder so, if that's... I wonder if it's a bit of a wink, wink, nudge, nudge, though. Cameron Munster's under an injury cloud. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm. I know what you're saying. But look, uh, it's, a very, for, it's a very Queensland thing to do, isn't it? Yeah. It sure is. But for, for Melbourne as well, they've uh, seen the return of uh, Nelson Asafa Solomona as well, which is big for them. Uh, but look, both teams basically have a full strength side here. It's going to be a massive game. A massive game. What do we think? This, is the, biggest, this, is, the, this is the best game of the weekend. Yep. Yes. Yes. 100%. Here's, here's a question. Is there anyone that you think's missed out or it's been unfair? I think that's as good as it can get. Look, I think the Nico Hines on the bench uh, in place of Pappenhausen as the starting fullback, I, I've maintained that, and I think you boys agree, that Nico Hines should probably be the fullback. Uh, he's been playing so well this year. Um, not to say that Pappenhausen doesn't deserve to go there. I just think he's probably better coming off as a 14. Um Mate, this, look- is, this, is, this is the problem with that. Like, um, either Pappenhausen starts at fullback or he's not in the team. That's the only way you can do it because yeah, Nico Hines enough. is a bigger body. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, might- you can bring Nico Hines into the middle and replace him with maybe Dale Finucane. Yeah. And looking over at, at Manly, mate, they, they don't have, they're not skipping a beat there. Um, mate, that's, full, all. that's full strength. Yeah. Look at, that's look at their reserves. Sick, but- but but Sipley's unlucky. I think Sipley's unlucky. Josh Alloway starting. I mean, they could have started Paseca. I, I think Paseca's coming you, back from injury. Who do you take out for Sipley? Mate, Sipley's played all year. Josh Alloway's just sort of, I don't know who's better. Josh Alloway or Sipley. They're both played good at different points in the year. Hmm. Yeah. Mate, look at, you can look at the reserves for Manly and you can tell who's missed out. Like Sipley, Moses Suli, Curtis Siren and Tavita Funa. Like, yeah. Manly, man, that's their full strength side. Yeah, that's the that's as good as it can get. Yeah, it's as good as it can get. Um, mate, it'll be a cracking game. I can't wait. Yeah, this is gonna be good, boys. That's Friday at seven fifty p.m. Who we got, Melbourne or Manly? You can't tip against Melbourne. As much as much as I'll be barracking for Manly, you can't tip against Melbourne. How much by uh, Clarky? Not much. Eight. Yep. Guilty. Mate, this is the best time that Manly can play Melbourne. Mm-hmm. I reckon. I think Manly are going to win. I, I, you know, it's going to be close. It's Melbourne, you know, it's not going to be by much. Uh, 
if Manly don't win this game, they won't like. Even if they lose by four, I, I'm I'm rubbing them out. They've got Ooh. to beat Melbourne now. Yep, oh, I yeah. am. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yep. And but, and this is the best time they can do it. They, they, this is the this is the best side they can put on the field. They're all firing. Who's not firing? Who's not? On, there's not one player in that team that I go, oh god. Whereas you look at the Melbourne team and. Look, if you want to be brutally honest, you've got George Jennings, you go, eh. Isaac Luma Louie, eh. you know. Mm-hmm. So, look. what do you think? What do you th- what are you thinking? Mainly, mainly by six. Boys, I'm gonna um, shock you here. I think Melbourne are gonna win 13 plus. Oh, 13 wow. plus. Mm. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. they'll fire. I think they've just been. I think they're just um, conning the competition. Uh, I think if they target Tommy Trebojevic, their game plan's out the window. That's how much they rely on him. Uh, they did it last time. Uh, they handed him and, you know, he made a couple of mistakes and they scored at the back of them. I actually think they'll win 13 plus. I hope I'm wrong, but that's what I'm feeling. So, I guess, I guess when you've got those forwards come back, like seriously, Dale Finucane, he's the – I've said it before. He is the glue that holds that, you know. He hasn't been there for a little while and he just – he doesn't miss tackles. He hits like a tank. Mm. I know you've got Jake Trebovich on the other side, but Jake's played all year. Yeah. When when Dale Finucane plays, they're, they're special in the forwards there at Melbourne. Boys, we'll um, move it on to game two. Saturday at 5.40pm at Queensland Country Bank Stadium in North Queensland. The fifth-place Sydney Roosters are versing the eighth-place Gold Coast Titans. So, lineups for that match. At fullback for the Roosters, James Desco on the wings, Daniel Tupo and Matt Ikuvalu. In the centres, Josh Morris and Adam Kieran. In the halves, Drew Hutchinson and Lachlan Lamb. Prop forwards, Jared Warrior Hargraves and Sasiwa Tokiaho. The hooker position goes to Sam Verrills. In the second row positions, Angus Crichton and Sitili Tupanua. And Victor Radley is in the lock position, making a return. In the interchange, Sam Walker, Isaac Liu, Egan Butcher, and Fletcher Baker. For the Titans, at fullback, Jaden Campbell. On the wing positions, Philip Sammy and Corey Thompson. Brian Kelly and Patrick Herbert are in the centre positions. In the halves, Tyrone Peachy and Jamal Fogarty. Prop forwards, Jared Wallace, Mo Fodawaka, and Mitch Rain in the hooker role. Kevin Proctor and Bo Furmore are the second rowers with Tino Fa'a Sua Malawi in the number 13 jersey and the lock position. Rounding out the interchange, Aaron Clark, Sam Lasoni, David Fafita, and Jamin Jolliffe. Boys, big ins for the Roosters from last week. They had no Hargraves, no Victor Radley. Um, uh, one was injured, no one Fletcher, was suspended. No Fletcher Baker. Yep, mate, they've they've got a good and obviously Josh Morris returned last week as well. They've got a a fair return of injured players. We spoke about it in the in the review of their round 25 game. Obviously they have no Lindsay Collins, no Luke Keary, no Brett Morris. Um, Joey Manu. Yeah, uh, Joey Manu's another massive one. Um, and a few retirements uh early in the year in Boyd Corner and Jake Friend. In saying that, that is a fantastic side on paper. They're up against a, a hungry Titan side. I think this will be a good match. Um, Mate, uh, I, I reckon it's going to be 13 plus. I reckon the, the Roosters are going to mow them down. Well, look, uh, Kevin Proctor 
Um, he's returning with a shoulder injury. Uh, they don't reckon it's fully healed. Same with Fafida. He's got a, a an injury cloud upon his head. He's got a rib. He wears this big thing on his guts. Have you seen that? Yeah, yeah. And look, and AJ Brimson's their other like look. He's the only player that's out, but he's a major a major injury for him. Look, you could be right, guilty. Um, it could be thirteen plus here. I think it's going to be a bit closer. I think it's just in that in that second row. Like their their forwards are insane. The Roosters, absolutely insane. As long as as long as Victor Radley doesn't have a uh, a mental breakdown and start taking bikes heads off. <laughs> Mate, I, I can't see the Roosters losing this. Yeah. Clarky, what do you think? Yeah, mate, they're going to have to put on a performance like they <clears throat> like they did last week, but I think they've better. proven all year that they – hey, Well, better, yeah. But even to be competitive, they have to do the same, and they've proven all year that they can't back it up. So, mm. yeah. Look, I think, Gildy, you, you, I'm thinking about it. You probably are right. It will be 13-plus, but I hope this is a good match. I think it'll be closer. It'll be like around the 12, 14 mark, but it'll be a close game. Like it, it will blow out you, towards I, the end maybe. I'll tell you what, if you go through each team player for player, honestly, uh, I guess nowhere the Roosters are, are lacking. Probably maybe Jamal Fogarty's better than Lachlan Lamb, but we know that Sam Walker comes in. Um, and if you have a look at, I don't know, Patrick Herbert's been really good this year. He's another underrated player. There you go. Yeah. Um, he might Corey, be Corey Thompson's one another one too. He, he might be better than yeah, Corey Thompson. But Patrick Herbert versus Adam Kieran and Josh Morris, who are both good centers. Mm. Patrick Herbert might have the have the wood on both of them. But overall, you look at this rooster side, and then you go to the bench. Yeah. And you know the bench is is not bad for the for the Titans, but it's just look at you got Luai, sorry Liu. Egan Butcher's been playing great. And, like, Joey and um, Freddie have both been saying he's a future rep. I mean, and Fletcher Baker's a good player, you know? Yeah, mate, look, I I think the halves are lacking. Like, I think they'd rather AJ there. Um, Another big one, a mission, is obviously, um, what's his name? Ash Taylor. He's not even considered. Not even in the reserves, which is probably a good thing. Um, But I think if AJ was there and Tyrone Peachy come off the bench, maybe a bit more um, punch for him. But look, I think it's Roosters Day on um, Saturday, but we'll see, eh? Yeah. Clarky, you're with the Roosters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't want to say thirteen plus. I'll say thirteen. Yeah, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say fourteen <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I reckon blow, blow I reckon it'll be over twenty-one. There you go. Yeah, I, like I think I think they'll be in it until like the sixtieth minute, and then they'll just fall off, fall away. Fair enough. I think so. I think you're right on that. Boys, we'll move it on to game three. Saturday, 7.50 p.m., double header uh, at Queensland's Country Bank Stadium in North Queensland. The second-placed Penrith Panthers are versing the third-placed South Sydney Rabbitohs. Lineups there, boys, starting with Penrith. Dylan Edwards at fullback. On the wings, Stephen Crichton and Brian Toto. In the centre positions, Paul Momorowski and Matt Burton. In the halves, Jerome Luai and Nathan Cleary. Forward positions, Moses Leota and James Fisher-Harris as props. Appy Corosau as the hooker. Second row is Avili Kikau and Kurt Capewell with Isaiah Yao as the lock. Mitch Kenny, Spencer Lenu, Tavita Pangai Jr. and Liam Martin round out that bench. It's a massive bench, by the way. For the Rabbitohs, at fullback in place of Latrell Mitchell. Blake Taff on the wing. 
positions, Alex Johnston and Jackson Paulo. In the centers, Dane Gagai and Campbell Graham. Cody Walker and Adam Reynolds in the halves. Prop forwards are Mark Nichols and Tavita Tola. Damien Cook as the hooker. Second rowers are Keone Kolamatangi and Jaden Sua with Cameron Murray, a.k.a. Ryan, Keith Clark's boyfriend, as number 13. On the interchange bench, Benji Marshall, Jacob Host, Thomas Burgess, and Jai Arrow. Clarky, we'll start with you on this one. What do you think, mate? Yeah, it's one, obviously, big exclusion from the team. Apart from that, it's a full-strength team. Um, yeah. yeah. No they damned it, they do damned it. Hey? No injury clouds besides... No, that. Yeah. Not that I'm aware of, but yeah. It's damned if you do, damned if you don't. You put Blake Taff at fullback or do you put Alex Johnson at fullback? There was word of maybe Cody Walker going back to fullback and bringing in Benji because obviously he's playing quite well, but yep. I think that would have been a mistake. Yeah. I'll just... Look, Penrith are a better team. They've shown that already this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was with Latrell Mitchell. Yep. I'm just, it'll all come down to if Blake Taft can dispose of those bombs from Nathan Cleary, that's mm-hmm. the big question because yeah. Latrell wasn't able to do it with Josh Mansour. Um, so, yeah. Looking over at um, Penrith, mate, they've, uh, Dropped Charlie Staines to the reserves. And uh, Scott Sorensen got injured last week. So he's out for the season. So he was replaced by Spencer Len New. But not a bad, not a bad, not a bad replacement. We did speak about Charlie Staines, but I prefer him, mate. Spencer Len New. I mean, I think he's been unlucky not to be in the side. Sorensen's been playing good and he's he's a different style of player, but Spencer Len New's special. Yeah, he is. And Um, look, we did speak about. uh, Sorry. Sorry. Sorry, okay. I was going to say, Tyrone May must be injured because he's not even in the reserves. They brought Mitch Kenny onto the bench, which I think Mitch is Kenny's a better, better option. Yeah. I mean, Mitch Kenny is a far better option than Tyrone May. Tyrone May is so pedestrian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mate, he is, he is injured. He's um, hurt his knee, apparently. So, okay. yeah. But look, um, and then obviously Charlie Staines isn't there. Uh, Crichton on the wing is is a massive a massive. Um, he just needs to get more. He just needs to get busier. He does. He does. But look, Matt Burton and Momorowski are doing wonders in the center positions, and obviously Brian Toto is their red set meter eater. He's a killer. He plays like a prop. So, um, look, Clarky, um, my prediction here is uh, just because you're a bit light in your backs, as opposed to you know the way that um, uh, Penrith is laid out. I think Penrith will get his. I actually think it'll be a close game. I think it'll be one to twelve. But I think Penrith just yeah their bench rotation is just that little bit better too. Um, it's it's relatively even. I just think they've just got that little bit little bit of talent, more talent, natural talent as well. Yeah, but, no, I uh, agree. I, th- I think it'll play out. Uh, it'll play out similar to the Roosters game. I think without the as big a blowout, nah. where we'll stay in it. We'll stay in it until, and then I think the class of Penrith will just come over the top. Gildy, what do you think? Um, I, I, you've got the best defensive team playing against a team without Latrell Mitchell, and that, that, that's pretty much the story, isn't it? Um, if I'm Nathan Cleary, I'm just bombing it every single time to Blake Taff. I mean, whether he catches all of them, it doesn't matter. You just kind of keep continuously put pressure on him. Mm. Um, when we said light in the backs, it's Blake Taff. That's the only difference. I mean, th- th- that's the stuff. 
I mean, that's the starting side at the start of the year. Like Jackson Paul was was uh, being picked over um, uh, Mansour. So the the only difference is Luttrell. Um, look, that for me, I think uh, Penrith are going to win probably by twelve. I just think that if Damian Cook and Cody Walker, this is this is these are the games that they're uh, criticised in these big games. Mm. If they step up, who knows? Like, like people forget, Damian Cook is a game breaker on his day, but he, he, he just he's just gone a little quiet over the last year or two. Yeah. And if he if he steps up and starts making some breaks, who knows what'll happen? That's fair, very fair. But boys, we will move it on to the final game, the fourth game of uh, the finals. Sunday at four oh five p.m. at Brown Park in Rockhampton, the sixth placed Parramatta Eels versus the seventh-placed Newcastle Knights. We'll start with the Parramatta Eels lineup there uh, in the fullback position. Clint Gutherson on the wings, Hayes Dunster and Blake Ferguson. In the centre positions, Will Penasini and Wonga Blake. In the halves, Dylan Brown and Mitch Moses. Prop forwards are Regan Campbell-Gillard and Junior Paulo with Ray Stone getting a reprise in the hooker role. Sean Lane and Maratta Niakore are the second rowers with Nathan Brown as the lock. Will Smith, Bryce Cartwright, Isaiah Papali'i and Makahisi Makatoa round out the interchange. For the Newcastle Knights, Kalen Ponga is in the number one jersey with Inara Tuala and Homel Hunt as the wingers. Kurt Mann and Bradman Best are in the centre rolls. Jake Clifford and Mitchell Pearce are in the halves. Prop forwards are Jacob Saifidi and Daniel Saifidi with Jaden Braley as the hooker. Tyson Frizzell, Mitch Barnett are the second rowers with Connor Watson as the lock forward. Sawasau, David Clemmer, Josh King and Brody Jones round out the interchange. Guilty, let's start with you, my friend. Okay. Uh, big out for Parramatta. Darcy Lussick, calf injury. Mm-hmm. Um, but in saying that, uh, Ray Stone, who... In my opinion, this is going to sound super unfair and super critical. He's not a hooker's asshole, but what he does do is tackle like a ton of bricks, and they're going to use Will Smith as the hooker after the first 20 minutes. Um, he's done it before. You know, he'll provide good service, and that's all you need. You need someone providing good service from dummy half. Um, I have been way happier when Parramatta use Dylan Brown on the left and Moses on the right. Um, I like... Uh, I like... Oh, another big out. Um, what's his name? My Madison. Oh, Brian. No, yes. uh, well, yeah. Obviously, you've got you've got Michael Sivo. Michael Oldfield. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, he's not the out. I mean, you've got Sivo and you've got um, Reed Marnie. Reed Marnie. They're Two both out. Ones. Obviously, they're not playing for the rest of the, the rest of the year. But yeah. but uh, Ryan Madison is available, and he's been he hasn't been picked. Which personally. I'm not, not unhappy with. I mean, I look at this side and the bench is strong. Um, I love Makatoa. I, I just can't believe uh, Ford, uh, some Ford pack in the Australian team, in the Australian uh, competition won't pick him up as a player. Yep. Um, mate, Regan Campbell-Gillard's back. Uh, and I, I just, I I, it's, it's biased, but I just don't, I didn't think Newcastle gave enough in that last game. I know they rest a lot of players as well, but it just, I just, and I might be wrong, but you know, I just see Parramatta probably winning by about ten. This is the least interesting game of the of the week. Oh, you reckon? 
I love it, if... man. I think they're all. I think every game is pretty even in the first week. Oh, mate! If Newcastle throw up what they threw up on the weekend, they'll get done by thirty. They won't, but they're not going to. They they'll they'll, they'll play better. They it's will. finals. Yeah, you got to step mm. up, man. Look, um, what do you think about Keegan Hipgrave? Uh, he's out. He's suspended until next next finals game. Yeah, uh, I, I, I don't think there? he would have got. He wouldn't have been in there anyway. Oh, fair no. enough. Mate, for the for the Newcastle Knights, um, I don't think they have many many um, injury worries. Obviously, the Saifidi brothers are back. Um, their biggest uh, out is Lachlan Fitzgibbon, who they lost a few weeks ago to a shoulder injury. So, mate, I think it's it's pretty even. Um, if if you guys hadn't beaten the Storm, um, I would have been like, yeah, look, Knights can probably smack his here or spank his out of the finals in week one. I don't think it's going to happen. I think Parramatta will get through. Uh, I'd like to think comfortably, considering you have um, majority of your contingent there. A big, the biggest out is Reed Marnie. If you had him, it would be hands down. See you later, twenty plus, or, 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 or even Lussick. I think just Lussick being out's a big out because his service is good. Yeah, but look, uh, my my opinion is is Hughes will probably still win around the twenty mark. You know, like thirty to ten or something. You know what I mean? I think he's. I think he's have it in years. Blake Ferguson's rejuvenated now. He's got his spot back. He's obviously going for a contract too, so he's not going to be um, taking it lightly. It's good for it's good for the the Parramatta Eels if anything. Might even resign him. Who knows? Yep, yeah, maybe. Yeah, but uh, Guilty, what are your what are your thoughts? What are your predictions? Yeah, I reckon I reckon Parramatta team. Clarky. I like how you you shut me down saying that the Knights are going to improve. Then you said Paramount is going to beat them by twenty. Yeah. I did. No, I did. No, <laughs> I did. But I think the Knights will be. I, look, I yeah. I don't know, man. Like they'll be better than last week because last week is man. Yeah, there's nothing in it. But I said know, if they're not better than last week, they'll get done by thirty plus. So if they're better, they'll probably <laughs> win by twenty. I said twenty. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair but enough. I thought um. Suasu Sue, I thought there was an injury cloud over whether he was playing. Uh, he's just come back, so yeah, there might still be one. But um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't you think agree it's with a, me now. It's a bit of a, it's. This is the least interesting game of the week, though. It could turn out to be the, the game of the week, but who knows? Because I, I honestly think that yeah. you know Melbourne's going to spank Manly. To be to be honest with you, I hope I'm wrong. Like I said, but these 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 bottom four games I like because it's you know eliminations on the line and there's more there's more to it there's a top four they get a second chance you know yeah. but anyway with that boys um what we have here is Melbourne going through this is what we've predicted Melbourne going through they get a week off Manly will be playing the Roosters in week two Gold Coast is out. Then we've got Penrith going through and South Sydney will be playing Parramatta in week two if everything goes according to our predictions with Newcastle eliminated. That's a massive one. Big jersey bet there. Maybe Clarkie can lose his first jersey bet. Guilty. <laughs> Maybe. We've <laughs> got to get there first. We've got to get there true. But boys, that's it. We did it. Fantastic. That was good. Very good. Thanks for coming on again. Virtual studio from Dubbo slash... Eastern suburbs slash inner west of uh, Sydney, the Golden Gem. But it's always a pleasure, never a chore. Clarky, you beat me to that this week. You said it earlier today. 
Um, but look, also a big thank you to our sponsors, Rusty Penny Brewing Company and the Aria and Co. And to everyone tuning into episode 33 of the Solon Story. That's a wrap from us here. Thank you very much.